Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them any order you want. We are joined today by... Tornan. Hello, I am a level 2 ranger wood elf. I wear dark, foresty colored clothing and carry a large longbow on my back, as well as a pair of daggers on my side. Dr. Crud. Hello. I am a Lux Dawn cleric, Dr. Crud Jr. Or Dr. Crud III. We will get that straight <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> he stands about uh, eight feet tall, probably about five feet wide. He uh, wears blue jeans. And I think the DM is choking. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm trying not to laugh into the mic as much. <laughs> that was really funny. Just Don't picturing laugh. an elephant in blue jeans. Laugh. Laugh all you want. He's wearing, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a white button-down shirt with a red tie, a white lab coat, a white lab coat with uh, Dr. Crud III uh, knitted into the uh, left breast pocket. And, uh, oh yeah, his coat is inlaid with chain mail. And Olive. Hey, Olive is a five foot ten crocodile. She's bipedal, standing up like the Geico gecko, except that she's got scales and big sharp teeth. She's wearing a puffy white shirt, baggy brown pants, and carries no weapons because she is a level two monk way of the open hand. Although that might change. I was looking up these like ranged capable monks, but I think I'm just, I just have no range. That's just Olive. She'll punch you. (laughs) But that's about it. (laughs) The Goku monk. (laughs) Yeah, I might do the, I'm thinking about it seriously because (laughs) monks have no ranged. (laughs) Yeah, I've also heard it called the Standu monk where, you know, it's like a more of a JoJo's thing, but personally, I think it's more of a Kamehameha deal. Um, Kamehameha. <laughs> you are all in the fire-breathing kittens guild hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corp board and job flyers posted. There's a few jobs on the board, but uh, without being too distracted by quests at large... What is uh? What what are the players up to? Well, the door or front door opens, and you see Doctor Crud. You know, does his little side shimmy duck to get in through the door. He's wiping his hands onto his lab coat because, as you know, back in the day, the more blood on your coat, the better of a doctor you are. <laughs> and he comes in naturally. And he comes in and says, "Well, that's one more life saved." How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, Tornin is currently balancing a, d- a dagger on the bladed tip and drinking alcohol at the same time, trying to do both actions simultaneously. First roll of the game, slide a hand check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got that kind of DM. I gotcha. That's... That's not bad. That's an 18. You're doing it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Crud, you remark that uh, a fellow you, you know, know as Tornan uh, is doing a pretty cool bar trick. 
Olive? Well, it looks like uh, medical attention is not going to be needed over there. <laughs> mm, Olive is at the bar drinking with Tornin, except instead of drinking alcohol, she is drinking some animal blood. Mm-mm. Um, just so the bartender can keep it stocked in the future, what is Olive's preferred animal viscera of choice? It's probably easiest to get chicken blood. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good for the budget as well. Yeah. Um, as you guys are, you know, chit-chatting, watching Tornan, like, <laughs> just stunt on the other guild members, um... You see a meek-looking dwarf wearing simple, dusty traveler's clothes with a floppy, brimmed hat, sort of walk-in, regards you all, takes his hat off once he goes through the door, holds it to his chest, then pulls a folded piece of paper from his pocket and politely pins it to the board. And then, seeing there's people in the room, kind of just stands to the side and waits. Dr. Crud will walk right up to him. Well, howdy there, I'm Dr. Crud, and give him a big ol' hug. The person is a dwarf, you know, uh, you, ri- like, get a good, good full clearance, like his feet are where his head used to be, and, uh, you can smell, like, saddle oil and dirt and, like, a hard man's life on this fella, and he just, like, is put down, he goes, well, thank you kindly, uh... My name's uh, Clarence Howard Barrelbreaker. Love to meet you all. Uh, not too much for words, but I believe I've uh, elucidated my point in this here missive. Well, howdy there, Clarence. Uh, how are, it, it smells like you've been doing a lot of traveling. What can we help you with here today? Uh, it's a, I'm a, I, I need a little bit of help moving, I suppose it could be put. I flip my dagger and send it flying toward the towards the uh, notice on the board. If I have to roll, it's a twenty-two to attack roll. So, whoa! <laughs> <clears throat> yes, you so perfectly like clip the end of this folded note that it like dramatically like snaps open, and everyone instinctively kind of like looks at it. So, wanting to or not, you all read on this note. <laughs> Uh, greetings to whom this may concern, members of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild. My name is Clarence Howard Barrelbreaker, and I wish, due to forces outside of my control, to move from where I am now currently to a lovely town called Bramblebrook. I have no doubt that my abilities and my skill in my profession will allow myself to defend myself and my property in the future, but... As I have not been to this town previously, I wish to employ your guild and their services to watch my back as I establish myself. I have a bit of a temper, and if I go alone, I fear I might let loose and raise the ire of the townsfolk. So please, if you would be so willing to do my fighting for me, or any dealings with a nefarious sort in this town, I would be much obliged. Yours truly, Clarence Howard Barrowbreaker. I walk over to the board. He's just standing there kind of shuffling his feet. Like, oh, well, they read the note. <laughs> <laughs> I walk over to the board and pull my dagger out. 
What do you guys think? Should we do this one? Well, look at him. He he looks. He, this is very very high for him. So I think we should help the little guy out. I mean, it, it, look at him. We got to help him. I have one question. What is the profession that he has such confidence in? Um. And I okay. I go over to Clarence. I hold out my alligator clawed paw, and I say, "Well, howdy, Clarence." I'm Olive. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm accent mirroring. I'm Olive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monk here with the fire-breathing kittens. What do you do? Uh, I'm a burgeoning farmer by trade. A virgin farmer? Burgeoning. <laughs> Burge. I just, I've never, I'm, uh, this is going to be my first shot farming. I'm going to be honest with you guys. So, yeah, uh -oh. virgin farmer. I guess, yeah, I'm a virgin farmer, but don't go spread that around town, y'all. And he's he's blushing under his, like, bristling blonde beard. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're starting a farm. Mm. Uh, yes, I have a plot of land marked out. I have a crop that I believe in. And uh, I just need uh, to arrive at the town get my deed and uh you know plot out my land there once i'm set up provided that i'm able to make a claim for myself i'll happily render to you your due recompense sounds easy enough dr cred the third what's your chosen uh crop uh it's a rare type of tuba from deep within dwarven mines. I believe that it will fare well in this desert climate. What, 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 what? You grow tubas? I thought <laughs> yeah, that you made them with, like, uh, out of metal, and metalsmiths made them. You, you grow tubas? <laughs> That's why dwarven tubas are so well-crafted. <laughs> I'm afraid that my accent might have betrayed me. <laughs> I do not mean a tuba. I'm talking about a tuba. <laughs> I heard the same word twice. No, no, no. You need to listen here, my friend. I, 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 look at my ears. I am listening. Tuba and a, and a tuba. <laughs> so this goes on for far too long most of the guild is like watching me this like very solid totally natural who's on first bit happening <laughs> and um eventually the, the the barkeep is like please someone put an end to this <laughs> oh a potato he said tuber <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. Just uh, one last question. Um, I have two people signed up as sponsors of my my mobile free medical cart. Would you like to be one of them? Well, I'm sorry, I do not have the coin to donate. But uh, once my farm is up and running, I would happily donate rations to any sort of folk who would be in need of them. Alright, so just so I know, tubas or tubers? A tubers. tubers. <laughs> I'm still seeing here the same thing twice, so we'll, we'll just go. 
<laughs> the food one. <laughs> you can get started on either a music program or a lunch program. <laughs> Olive throws her arm around Clarence Howard Barrelbreaker and leads him to the bar where she's going to talk more about this job with him. Join us at the bar, she says. And uh, specifically, first, I want to get him drunk. Then I want the next thing to happen. Okay. So, this is going to be interesting because this is, uh, as it's been established, a crocodile-like being versus a dwarf in a drinking contest. (laughs) So, to answer the age-old question, we'll do a simple three rounds of constitution saving throws. Every time you beat him, you can ask a question that in his sort of inebriated state might let slip. Nice. And then once he's fully drunk, we'll move on to the actual persuasion check of it all. Okay. And while this happens, Dr. Crud is going to throw his medical bag on top of the bar, just in case. <laughs> Oof. All right. Uh, that first constitution saving throw was a seven. <laughs> uh Yes. I guess so, you've got to make him feel like he's winning at first, right? He politely asks, like, do you mind if we drink bourbon? I don't know if you've drank it much before, but it is my preferred beverage. I hope you will have the home field advantage and I might play the game that I choose. <laughs> well, I've never tried bourbon, but that sounds delightful. And then that's when the seven comes in and I'm like, yeah. this is strong. It's like any time like a, a child takes a sip of alcohol and it's like, ew, no, why do you like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, to round two, he, he beat you firmly with a 15, no modifier. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, my character knocks down, uh, my character grabs a, my character grabs a, a, a shot and <laughs> uh, that's a 17, so bottoms up okay i'll say because you kind of came in halfway you won't get the free question from the first round but you still could move on to the persuasion round at the end mm-hmm. so he kind of like nods to you and says oh a fellow participant half all i'm never yes. too rich for company dr crud the uh, third dd or drinking the bourbon <laughs> or dd a drinking dude <laughs> he uh he opens up his medical bag he has uh, Nusi grieving him three glasses, and he starts making up some some things for them to drink afterwards. Uh, <laughs> Little hair of the cool. dog. <laughs> <laughs> You'll tend to our headaches. <laughs> or make them worse. It depends on how I roll. <laughs> so then if I could get the drinker's constitution saving throws and I guess a medical check from Dr. Crud. <laughs> Actually, my character is going to do something a little different on the second, uh, have him make a perception check. Is this a contested action against a sleight of hand? Or yes. It, okay. <laughs> what does he have to beat? 16. Well, he does not beat that, so he just drinks his my drink back. My character pretends, my character pretends to down the next, uh, shot of whiskey. Okay. And bourbon, whatever it is. And, uh... <laughs> cool. So you shoulder your shot, 
Um, the bartender shoots you a glance, like, don't throw drinks on the floor. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Olive, what did you get? A 14 constitution saving throw. So this time you are prepared. Yay! You, like, basically, like, all right, take your medicine. And, uh, he chokes on his. He went way overconfident in the situation <laughs> and, like, hacks it sort of. Like, it doesn't come up because he does have a bit of dwarven pride, but, like, mm. you see him real hard cough after it goes down. And, uh, you think there might be an opening to ask a question there. Oh, okay. I ask. Who sold you this plot of land? Well, I guess I technically haven't purchased it yet. But I was told by a good friend in the uh, Midas Clan Mining Company that this was a nice, quiet town. Used to be a, a, a railroad town, if I remember, but has since turned into a bit of a... What are we talking about? Let's get back to drinking, girl. <laughs> you see he's feeling like a little bit looser. All right. Um, All right. So, so I'm going. My character's gonna like piss off the bartender, but oh, uh, well, I might have just. Okay. So what'd you what'd you roll? Because if we're doing this, I would like to deal with that first before we move to the drinking contest. Ten. He clears it with an eighteen, and then uh, kind of like maybe I drink. Uh, Maybe I drank a little too much earlier. I sort of missed my uh, my mark. <laughs> so you would like to make a deception check, or were you drinking earlier? Oh, my character was definitely drinking earlier. <laughs> All right, you're good then. Um, uh, Olive, could we resolve the constitution checks before he remarks on the fact that you clear? He clearly just watched him toss a shot over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of, like, watches the, the drop pattern and sees another puddle and is like, hmm. Yeah. He's going to see Olive with a six constitution saving throw, take that third bourbon, remark on how, huh, it tastes like this has at least 51% corn and bumbling facts to herself. And then, like, take her head, wobble a little bit, and then thump as her head hits the bar. <laughs> So he's going to turn directly to Dr. Crud. It seems to me I've known you only for a short time, but uh, one of you is a bit of a fibber. Uh, another cannot hold but three shots of bourbon liquor. I was drinking before you came. <laughs> now, I'm were humble. you or is this a deception check? No, I've been in a bar for a long time. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, we'll say Tanager had a brunch today. Yes. <laughs> Tanager was drinking too earlier, but yeah, yeah, I get it. Torn in. My character just failed us. <sighs> oh, well. Can I trust that you guys can get this job done? Or might I need to seek elsewhere? I'm pretty sure we can do it. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, that was directed at Dr. Crud, actually. Well, a as you say, one's a liar. On one, actually, I don't I would never think. call someone a liar. Sir. You did. He just did a, a bit of a fib. The man no, clearly cannot. A fib is a lie. So, no, you would call him a liar. And the other one, so what? She ain't got that. 
dwarves are known throughout the land about how they can hold their liquor. So it wasn't a fair contest to begin with. So my <laughs> question is right back to you. Can we trust you not to screw us over? So the point of this was to get extra information out of him. <laughs> I'm going to say with your very good point about a dwarf challenging a non-dwarf to a, or like them getting into a drinking contest at all. He was like, yeah, that kind of wasn't fair. Could you make a persuasion check Absolutely. Uh, to get extra information? That's going to be a 17 plus persuasion, which is four. Mm. 21. I love a broken 20. Uh, he kind of like, again, like looks at you all, kind of like gently taps Olive on her shoulder. <laughs> Motions for her to go. I suppose... In the spirit of honesty, I shall reveal to you all that I am a bit of a, I'm a tu- uh, afflicted with a touch of the lycanthropy. <laughs> Hence my reticence to get involved in any sort of conflict in with the populace while I move myself to a more secluded location. As I said in my note, uh, you know, this uh, move I'm might not have been... I'm making a knowledge nature check to find out when the next full moon is. That is an 18. Uh, okay. So, I'll say with an 18, you know, the, the upcoming moon is not for a while. So, there's no for sure turns. But lycanthropy, like many diseases, can present itself in numerous and interesting ways. As this is... <laughs> Also a disease of the soul and a magical disease at its core. Uh, So when he says, I would rather not get into a conflict, you're like, oh, maybe because he would first day in town, someone shove him wrong and perhaps werewolf out and kill someone. (laughs) So thank you for your honesty. So what I can say is, yes, you can trust the three of us. We'll be good to go. But what animal do you turn into? If, if that's not too personal a question. <laughs> it's a very personal question. <laughs> <laughs> a bear uh, in mind, I did get a 21. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you, out of respect, advantage on one more persuasion check because also remember he was so nervous he would rather you read the note he wrote than have a conversation all of me the smart move of getting this fella drunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, dwarf ain't drunk off of three shots right well (laughs) Uh, first roll is a 13 second roll is an 18 plus 4 so that's gonna be a 22 okay do you mind circling back on the question one more time uh, he was just asking what animal he turns into. Oh, of course. It is a mountain animal that has similar features to both a ram and boar. So he gets tusks, horns, and real rammy. And that is uh, as the verb, not noun. Like physically ramming into things. Okay. Well, that just sounds... Peachy Keen. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, the word he uses okay. is uh, mountain boar. Oh. Olive lifts her head. It's a little sticky on the bar. It's a bit uncomfortable. 
and drunkenly asks Dr. Crud III, Well, you're a doctor. Can you cure his disease? Uh, well... Can everyone make an insight check, please? Real quick. Insight or perception. I'll take either. I I, I, I rolled a one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I got a seven. That was a three on the dice. Tornan? Perception, I guess. That's a 12. So, you kind of just out of the corner of your eye see Clarence turn his head when Olive asks this question and then kind of turn back to the door. Alright, I think he wants to leave. Real quick. Barkeep, two shots of that what we had earlier. (laughs) (laughs) She she looks at you directly and goes, you're not going to throw it over your shoulder again, are you? (laughs) Promise. I won't. Uh, cool. Dr. Crud uh, pushes the concoctions that he made on the bar, one over to uh, Clarence and one over to Olive. And then the third one over to Tornin. Hopefully it doesn't go on the floor, but we'll see. <laughs> got an ugly I got an ugly 20 and a 12 on my constitution checks. Cool. So you're just like a regular level of intoxicated. Um, everyone has been passed. A, we'll just call it an elixir of sobriety, um, which is just an Alka Seltzer <laughs> and uh, like a raw egg. If you so choose, you can down it. But also, uh, he explains that the place he's moving to is um, out in the desert a bit. So you will have to take a train ride. So you would have enough time to sober up naturally. Uh, if you so choose. Well, we can also just take my carriage. I mean, I do have a patient in there that I kind of kind of keep an eye on. I did just replace his heart. What? Oh, with what, good sir? With another heart. What? Oh, smart move. No, thank you. I thought about trying a kidney, but, you know, I don't like to experiment with life. Mm. Safe bet. I would have made the same mistake. Uh, all right the train it is we can bring your cart along on the train won't be the first time yeah i think it's like 10 gold olive is drunk never mind uh (laughs) she drinks the elixir of sobriety and then informs you that it is 10 gold to put your carriage on the ferry part of the train well, I got sponsors now. That ain't a problem. Uh, yeah, he'll also was uh, he was prepared to foot your tickets, so don't worry about that. But you will have to pay for uh, the carriage that you're bringing along because he did not anticipate that. Sweet, cool. And with that being said, is there any actions or preparations you guys would like to do on the train, as you know the quest proper of? keeping this guy basically from engaging in a conflict, which you now know would probably result in him straight up murdering someone and being known as a were being. Yeah. Is there anything you want to do before that, that period starts? Oh yeah. Clarence. What? Like, let's say that we were to put like a pair of handcuffs on you. Would you just rip through them like paper? Well, not like paper, but 
maybe like a poorly baked clay. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a no. bit of effort, but... Huh. I got an idea. Put the handcuffs on him. My character holds up two silver coins. Oh, okay. If he goes where? Now, see, this... my, my only problem with these plans going forward is it's I'm seeing a running theme of me being handcuffed. Which I feel like would only inhibit my ability to side the deed to the land that I'm hoping to purchase. And maybe at the worst, raise questions as to perhaps why I have been handcuffed. <laughs> True. Would not make a great impression on the town. <laughs> yeah. Which is my first priority. <laughs> well, don't worry. My plan is just to lasso you and break you like a bull if you change. Oh, Again, Dr. Card the Third. <laughs> there might be a slight misconception here as to why you have been brought upon this <laughs> job. I would like oh so much to not change by whatever means possible. So I I, I fear Dr. Crud and thank you for lassoing me and keeping me from injuring anyone else, but if I do change, I fear for your payment. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, we, you know, what we can do is we can treat you like a princess, put you in this carriage and wheel you around like it's a stretch limousine and be your bodyguards and your buffers. That's what we can do. In other words, no stress. Yeah. I have a question for the DM. Mm -hmm. With, with my, with my uh, medical clinic here, mobile medical free clinic, I have, you know, complete full-up supplies, right? Would I be able to concoct a sedative to keep him on a even keel the entire time? Yes. You know this would also move him to a fully non-combatant role. So, like, if things went bad, he would not only be of no help, but also be sedated basically so he would need to be taken care of so it it would both ensure the success of your mission and also increase the risk in another capacity okay well then i'll put it to him but uh -huh. you definitely could make that concoction if you want and have it on hand i'll, I'll put it like that okay dr crud will do that uh, I will need a medical check, and then I believe Tornan had something to say. Uh, what if we just have it on hand, and if he seems to be going uh, the path of where we just apply it then? I call it whole hog. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put the sedative in some sort of dart, and Olive offers you 30 darts? <laughs> Tranquilizer darts, one could call them. <laughs> What I could, what I can do is I could put him on the darts. I could put him on the edges of any swords. I could put him on everything. I got a whole laboratory right here. I could put it on whatever the heck you want, as long as the DM says it's okay. Can I so put it on I'll my darts, it, DM? Can I put it on my darts? Uh, I'll put it like this. You guys can do whatever you want. This is a fantasy world. The easiest thing for Doctor Crud to create is something that is either injected or ingested. Something that goes like basically directly into the system. Putting it on the end of a dart makes the dose much smaller. So I'll say the ingestible will work within, say, like a small dice amount of rounds. 
uh, a dart version, it's much like tranquilizing a large mammal. You might have to hit them a couple times before they go down. Okay, so like keep throwing. All right. <laughs> yeah, or either like get it directly into their system or just pelt them until they go s- sleepy time. <laughs> uh, Dr. Crud will also prepare a number of syringes as well. Just uh, cool. to be so able I'll to need use. Two medical checks uh, for two the. Yeah, two to make. Well, actually, no, I guess it would just be one because it's about dosage. So, yeah, just one medical check. Um, you are suppressing lycanthropy, so it is difficult. So, like, let's let's try to break a good number. All right. Well, I rolled a seventeen. I get a plus five, <clears throat> twenty-two. Uh, you're totally good, even on a moving train. <laughs> uh, you can uh, you can get this stuff concocted. So, let's say I'm gonna roll a couple things here. So one ingestible and six darts. And how many syringes? Oh, uh, one, one syringe. That's, that's oh, what one. I meant to say. Oh, one okay. thing you can get in the system and then six uh, ammunition things. Okay. Cool. Olive hands one of the darts to each of you just in case and keeps four for herself. Torn and you just acquired a dart. All right. So I got one tranquilizer. One drank dart. Yeah, and just to read you guys the stats of the dart, it is dart, ranged, finesse, simple, thrown, 1d4 piercing, range 20 feet or 60 feet with disadvantage. Gets how much damage? 1d4 piercing. And just to tell you the mechanics of the medicine, um, what is your medical bonus, Dr. Crud? I get a plus five. Okay, so... It is a DC 15 to break your medicine. So he has to roll above a 15 on a constitution saving throw. Otherwise, he cannot shift. The darts will lower it by half. Rolling down would be 12. But for each dart that has hit him, it will give a plus one to the check. Mm -hmm. Just so if this comes up, like, you're aware of what you gotta do. <laughs> Keep throwing the darts. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the more you hit him, the more likely he will pass. Alright, and I wrote it all down, so I won't forget. Yeah, these could also be used together. If, you know, you so choose. <laughs> if he was really going whole hog. Um, but, yeah, so if there's any other preparation, you could also chat with him if you like, but... um. Being sort of a shy sort, he's already revealed his biggest, darkest secret to you guys, so he's mostly <laughs> hanging out in his, like, seat. Tornin's off to the one side, sharpening his daggers. Always gotta keep my equipment in good shape and ready for whatever happens. Uh, cool. So, Tornin, you're prepped out. Mm-hmm. After a few hours, you arrive in the town of Bramblebrook. Nestled deep within the desert north of Nicoma. Uh, this town, uh, you can see from a sign that you pass by, is uh, it says uh, Bramblebrook, but under that property of Midas Clan Mining Company, population 
and there is a gunshot hole through population where the numbers would be. The I like this town already. Train comes to uh, this is a s- simple standard T shape Western town in which the base of the T is the main strip going away, f- like directly away from the train station with stockyards and loading areas on the opposite side. And at the end of the T, two small streets that just sort of trail off into nothing. Um, you can tell just at a glance from the signs hanging above the stores. There are but a few of them. One says bar. One says show house. One says bank. And another says general store. Uh, you can tell the building at the top part connective of the T is a much nicer, fancier building with double doors, a balcony, and a second floor. And connected to this building to the right is a smaller uh, sort of like shed with a sign that says jail. But uh, the streets are somewhat lively for such a small town. You know, groups of twos or people move along the wood slat sort of walkways directly connected to these uh, facade-laden buildings. Um, But you notice that everyone is moving quickly. No one is strolling about town with any sort of leisure. Though you do sense liveliness coming from both the bar and show house. Uh... Lastly, Clarence says, well, I have some business to take care of with uh, the mayor. He's got that big building down at the end there. So uh, I will be heading in there. But afterwards, I will need to go to the livery in the general store and make my way about town in which I feel perhaps uh, I might need your assistance a bit more. Well... Clarence, I wouldn't mind waiting outside while you talk to the mayor. That's what you pay me for, am I right? But of course, whatever you judge is best, y'all. I want to stand outside the room and lean against the wall with my arms crossed across my chest. (laughs) Cool. So we will separate the party in but a moment. Uh, Dr. Crud and Tornan, are you going to go with Olive and Clarence to the mayor's... um, Office would be too small of a term for it. He's clearly picked the biggest, nicest building in town and be like, well, that's the one I will use. Um, Or uh, he's also given you free reign to go about the town while he just goes in a room and kind of signs paperwork for a while. This is kind of a uh, old Western movie style town, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, it is uh, reminiscent of many traditional rigatoni shoot 'em ups <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna head for the general store then. Uh, cool. And then where will Dr. Crud be headed? Well, I imagine Dr. Crud gave uh, Olive and Clarence a lift to the end of the uh, town to the mansion quote-unquote mansion in the back. And then he's going to be in there just monitoring his patient, waiting for them to come out. (laughs) I totally forgot you had just done heart surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Heart transplant. 
<laughs> um, so, Dr. Crud, you're uh, mainly just dealing with a sort of in and out of it, sedated, sedated patient being like, why is it hot now? <laughs> um, yeah, he's a red dragonborn. <laughs> okay, so he wouldn't even notice the temperature yeah. difference. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. Right. Um, so, Olive, you go to the mayor's operational area with Clarence. Uh, you walk in, and it's set up like a residence, where there's winding double staircase that goes up to a second floor. You can see directly between the staircase, there's an open hall that leads into a room with like a long table that, from where you're standing, you can't see the end in either direction. Um, and a sort of like hoop-skirted attendant comes up. Uh, so, uh, hello, do you have an appointment with the mayor? Clarence says, uh, why, yes, I do, miss. Uh, I'm here about a parcel of land on the outskirts of town. And she says, oh, please, right this way. And they sort of softly go off together. Um, you said you wanted to stand against the door with your arms crossed. Yeah, no whatever one's gonna... room he goes in with the mayor to have, like, secret corruption handshakes. I don't want to, like, <laughs> stand next to that, but I want to be outside the door in case there's raised voices inside. Okay. Um, so then could you just tell me your passive perception? Sure. Um, is that a 10 plus your perception number? Yes. Okay, 14. Okay, cool. Uh, so noted. And then we're going to go ahead and move over to Tornan. Uh, Tornan, you arrive at the general store. This is a small, square-shaped building that looks exactly as you're probably picturing. Barrels filled with grains, sacks marked different sized grindings of other grains. Uh, jars of preserves line the shelves, as well as boxes of ammunition and things like that. Right now, I wish my character had the ability to use guns. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> uh, a... A uh, dwarf stands behind the counter. Um, you can tell that uh, you would assume there's a lot of dwarves that come through here because the counter is maybe about thigh high instead of like waist high like normal. Um, and he seems to be getting on in years as his thick beard is uh, graying and he wears a pair of spectacles. Oh, hello. Can I help you? I'm just looking for... Let's see what supplies you got. Oh, well... Uh, I got anything you need to survive out here in this wilderness. You uh, you in need of food, good sir? Uh, I got a good batch of pickles up there for Mrs. McClarence out on the Clarence farm. Hmm. Um. No, I, I'm looking at these interesting uh, uh, guns, the guns you have. Oh, yeah, these are fine pieces. The uh, smith up around the corner has me sell them for him because uh, the travelers... They don't seem to want to go too deep into town ever since, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I sell it at a real reasonable price if you like one. I might consider it. How much? Well, for this little number right here, and points at, like, a a very reasonable, just sort of, like, old West-style six-shooter, I I can part with that for, say, ten gold pieces? I'll tell you, ammunition's a bit hard to come by. Yeah, I bet. All right. I'll th- I'll consider it for right now. Yep. Got anything a little more, uh, well, less fancy, I guess, the t- same, just my character points, that is, 
quiver, you know, might need more of these. Oh, well, if if you're uh, arrowman, well, uh, some of the ant folk, uh, people been making arrowheads out of their mandibles, and you know, as you know, they're quite poisonous. That would come in handy. Yeah, they shed them like feathers. They're all over the desert. I'll give you a good price if you can find any. All right, I think I'll do that. Thank you. Yeah, have a good. All right, my character just looks around. Uh, doesn't really need anything. I was just curious, but so the fact that there are guns here, uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Problem so, is- Olive, with a passive fourteen perception, uh, you hear Clarence say like, kind of like. Not like in a raised voice, but clear enough for it to carry through a closed door. That simply will not do. And then another few minutes of like, not silence, but like normal uh, converse. mm, So I actually wouldn't let any time pass. I would just kind of like peek my head in the door if it's not locked. So I'll turn that handle. And if it's locked, there will be a loud sound. And if it's not locked, then I'll peek my head in. Uh, it would not be locked. Could you please make a stealth check? Oh, no, I'm specifically not being stealthy. Oh, okay. And I say, everything all good here, boss? Oh, uh, yes. The mayor kind of, like, stands up behind his desk, and it's not lost that this might be kind of cute, because there are two dwarves sitting at, like, a dwarf-sized desk, so (laughs) it seems like it's just a little (laughs) bit of a mini-business room. Um... I was merely trying to negotiate the terms of his parcel. You see this lavishly dressed monocle and like big black curly mustached <laughs> man with who is wearing a literal sash that says mayor. <laughs> um, Can I give Clarence my help action with his persuasion that he's about to do? Because he's got a bodyguard. Okay. Could you give me an insight check? Before you give the help action. Natural 20 plus four. Um, you can see how badly Clarence is fighting, like freaking out right now, but he does not. He's like getting up to leave, basically. Mm. Like there was going to be no continuance of this conversation. Like, really? Okay. Um, Ooh, I do that thing where I stand behind him. Right? Like, like good butler. <laughs> and I'm like really <laughs> tall. And I say, sir. <laughs> and he kind of like, he's getting up and then he like looks at you, remembers what he's doing and like sits back down. If you were to remove that amount of price from the asking amount, I could part with one of my seeds. And the mayor says, well, I am so sorry, friend, but I guess you're going to have to pay full price. And uh, also coming off your, like, last 20, now you see a vein pulsating in his neck. Hmm. I lean down and whisper to Clarence, blink twice, and I'll remind everyone that Dr. Crud III has a heart transplant patient that might be needing our assistance in the carriage. Um... And then I stand back up and I say, sir. You kind of like are like, 
from the angle you're looking at him, you like, can kind of see his eyes, but you can audibly hear his teeth clenching. And are like, <laughs> yeah, no, that that's enough of a signal. Okay. All right. Or maybe like tap your foot twice if I wasn't like in the... Yeah. Yeah. Like give him a way to call an out to the situation. He definitely would like to be politely removed from the situation. <laughs> okay. And then I, I say very like rudely because i get to be rude because i'm the bodyguard i feel like sir you have forgotten the good doctor's heart transplant patient needs our assistance oh mayor you would not believe what it's like to have life in the palm of your hand it could be gone like that and i menacingly crush my hand at the mayor <laughs> um okay because <laughs> i'm a bodyguard. so <laughs> clarence stands up <laughs> tensely from the table says give me the papers you'll have your bloody luca and signs these like parchments so vigorously that you see little tears at the corner of his signature, and then he tosses a bundle of coins across the table. And once you guys are cleared from the manor and heading back to Doctor Crud, torn in, you're coming out of the general store. Can see that roughly everything is wrapped up about the same time. Uh, he is just real quietly under his breath, going viper, uh. Or me acting all hot and toit and t- viper, and just that on repeat for the entire length of the street. <laughs> oh man! Um, so Olive does not laugh. Olive does not laugh. <laughs> Other people's anger does not amuse her. Okay, and she walks down the street. <laughs> Tornin is fingering the dart because he is afraid he might have to use it. Um, so I'll say, uh, everybody meet up at Dr. Crud's cart. When you guys get there, you see that there's a line outside the cart, two or three people. And, uh, when you guys come in, he's, uh, he's got a patient on the bed and, uh, he, the, the, the the guy goes, doctor, doctor, I got such a pain in my back right here. You got to help me. Dr. Crud looks at him, goes, well, you have a knife there. Somebody stabbed you in the back. <laughs> That's why you got that pain. So let me, I'm going to go ahead and remove this for you and stitch you up and you're going to be right as rain. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Welcome. Dr. Crud, fun improv. Could you actually roll a perception check for me? Sure. 19 plus 3, 22. You see that roughly engraved and a couple of letters are backwards on this knife is written knifeo what well this is interesting this thing's engraved with knifeo what 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 does that mean sir does that mean anything to you that son of a gun knifeo what a snake in the grass he is (laughs) oh well nothing to be done about it patch me up i gotta get back to the fields well, here, why don't you take this knife, you take it over to the sheriff, this oh, is your not... evidence, and he can go arrest him and put him away. Uh, he starts laughing so hard that, like, blood is actively shooting out of his knife wound. <laughs> Dr. Crud puts his finger in there. <laughs> well, well, sir, you gotta stop laughing. You're, you're leaking quite a bit whenever you laugh. Uh, well, stop I, I take... telling... Stop telling jokes. Take him to the sheriff. Ain't nothing done about knife none of embers. And that sheriff, well, you might as well ask a sunflower to stop looking at the sun. Don't do nothing. 
Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, what do you want? You want the knife, or do you want me to hang on to it? Preferably, I would get this knife wound patched up, and then well, I could yeah. get back to my fields. Uh, yeah. I do not need the knife, thank you. All right, all right. I'm just going to put it here in my drawer, and uh, knife-o, you know, that's a pretty crappy knife-o, I mean... But uh, yeah, here's your stitches. He stitches <laughs> them up, bandages them up. Uh, cool. So uh, yeah, uh, Tornan and Olive kind of watch that interaction, and uh... <laughs> a knife user. You, you, his name is Knifeo. That's uh, rather ironic, if you ask me. Nah, I think his parents just hated him. <laughs> Could be that way too. So, so the the guy just as he's leaving kind of hears that and sticks his head back in and go sorry you think he was born Nifo like his parents named him Nifo that's not a moniker <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I don't know the guy I mean I could have just he, he could be I mean does his parents hate him I, I, I mean I hate him and kind of like that, now he will actually leave the scene <laughs> Was well, gonna well, die then he, he's no longer known as Nifo. He is now Jerko. You let him know that from me. <laughs> uh, All yeah. right. So, did you get your paperwork done? My character asks uh, our esteemed uh, dwarf. Uh, yes, though he got my hopes up with a bit of a, a deal, though his asking price was far too deal dear. And, uh, I'm worried that my town's mayor might not be an upstanding fella. Well, if he's anything like this sheriff, yeah, I think you're you're in a world of crap. Hmm. Well, this is troubling. The sound of a carriage passes by everyone's ears. Just a background noise. Hmm. What time of the day is it currently? Uh, it's about noon, and, uh... Once Clarence kind of gets out of his steam, is like, um, I'm sorry, I still have uh, a few chores to do. I need to go to the general store and the smithy, and then perhaps get a drink, and depending on how long this takes, uh, maybe a bed before we set out in the morning. I prefer not to travel at night in lands that I have not been to before. Sensible, yeah. Okay. Dr. Crud, may I have that knife? Well, yeah, and I guess what I won't even put in your back. I'm going to hand it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I think I'm gonna make. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not exactly a rogue, but I think. Yes, yes, I think I can. He mutters to himself as he accepts the knife, and Olive looks awkwardly around at her teammates. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that's good. Okay, so you said general store then, Clarence? Yes. Uh. Yes, I need to uh, get myself some provisions. Until I can get my farm and running. Well, what are you paying me for if not for me to tag along? I'll help carry your bags. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so you guys head outside of the cart and you see the wagon that brought such uh, attention but moments ago. Uh, out from it steps a beautiful young woman dressed totally inappropriately for the desert, much lace and fine linens. Uh, her hand is held by a similarly dressed man, and the carriage is driven by a automaton. 
Uh, on the side, you can see the Price Theater Company uh, emblazoned, like with a large, like the uh, the Commedia dell'arte masks. Um, and uh, yeah, and then a, a big banner uh, in addition to that that says, Now in your town. <laughs> Currently playing, now showing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. And insight check from Olive. Ooh, 23. Uh, wow. So originally it was just the fact that you noticed that Clarence has like stopped in his tracks and like is mystified by this woman's presence. (laughs) But like, you can tell that like this man it's been nothing but privacy and like, get me, get me into a small cabin by myself. And like, you can see the internal struggle in his eyes of like, Oh man, what if I just like talk to her? Mm. Um, and then he continues his way to the general store. Okay. That one likes that one. All right. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> oh, the little guy's in love. Yeah. <laughs> You could go talk to her. She seems to be going to the show house with uh, the automaton and the uh, the fella that she was in the cart with. Mm, I'm definitely not going to do that. I'm going to follow my boss. <laughs> I'm checking out the mayor's office. Just staking it out, looking to see what the building looks like. So, two stories appears to be one traditional entrance in the front and then a similar mirrored entrance in the back double doors with like a small set of stairs that lead up to them um they all have large like almost floor to ceiling windows that you assume would open from the inside um and it's a lot more uh form over function where much of this town is literally just like, we need to get up walls so rats don't eat our goods. Mm. This was actually... No, so no other doors except for the... No other doors except for those two those two uh, sets of double doors? Facing the street, like, towards Main Street, there's a balcony on the second floor, which has a set of double doors. But there no, seems to be no ground-level access directly to that balcony. You'd have to scale the building. And again, it is still daylight currently. <laughs> it's noon. Torrance like rubbing his chin, looking at the wall. <laughs> Just straight casing a building. <laughs> Sir, can you please stop taking measurements of the mayor's house? <laughs> All right. Oh. <clears throat> uh, so while this is happening, Doctor Crud, are you just attending to more patients or? Uh, Dr. Kerr's gonna finish up with his last patient and then join them. Well, well, you see here, the reason you're feeling like this is because you got too much uh, too much blood. So I'm just gonna go ahead and remove some of it for you, and you're gonna be right as rain in the morning. He goes see, does a, a simple bloodletting and then sends him on his way. I told Marge I had too much blood. She said I didn't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Now, don't worry about your pale complexion. That will come back tomorrow. Oh, that's okay. I tan. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Also, uh, generally, malnutrition seems to be a problem in town. But that's just a running theme. 
So who are you going off to? You can meet up with Olive or Tornan. Well, since Olive's with the boss, uh, that's who they're there to. Uh, that's who the paycheck is coming from. So he's going to go with them. Okay. So you make it up with Olive, and you're, you know, like pretty much just watching through the window. He seems to have a pleasant conversation. There's nobody else in the store. This seems like a very low risk situation. And uh, perception checks, please, from both of you. Nine plus three. Twelve. Thirteen. Uh,. So you can't tell what it is, but, like, do you hear something? You guys kind of turn, and you can see a big dust cloud coming up. Like, things are moving very quickly towards the town. Well, that's either livestock, or that's a dust storm. Either way, we probably don't want to be outside when it gets here. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned that there is a jail? There is. Okay. I'm gonna, like meet Dr. Crud's eyes and be like like look at that dust cloud with him and see if he's looking at it with me (laughs) and see if we both see that we do yes I I, you 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 guys have both recognized this dust cloud okay all right I lean into Dr. Crud the third and I'm like let's say we bunker down in the jail just for an hour tornado hole just for a little bit (laughs) now why should we go to the jail when we're right outside the the general store i'm sure the general store will have a heck of a lot more supplies to survive (laughs) this than a jail because jails are made out of stone and stone walls are much better is it though he said it was just a shack that was or we can just ask the boss what he wants to do let him be the boss because he's the boss and he likes to be the boss and he hired us (laughs) clarence there's danger on the horizon points (laughs) danger He's going to look. Well, hmm. it's either a dust cloud for a storm, or it's livestock with riders or may- maybe horses, or livestock or a stampede, or we don't know. What do you- She wants to go to the jail. I said we stay here at the jail store. Well, you're the boss. You tell us what to do, boss. Are they carrying... Y'all see torches? And kind of points out. Jail, jail, jail. I grab <laughs> him by the arm. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and uh, I would like to do a, an imposing strength check, <laughs> and just like convince him. <laughs> not only did he roll a one, but he also wasn't really fighting you. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I have a carrying capacity of 180 pounds, where I can still like sprint, and I'm a monk, so I don't have any heavy swords or anything. <laughs> so I want to uh, throw him over my shoulder. <laughs> carry him to the and i have a movement speed of 40 and i'd like to expend a key point to do step of the wind i can spend one key point to take the dash action as a bonus action on my turn i gain an extra movement for the current turn and i'm a sprint so i can move 120 feet this round uh cool yeah so (laughs) tornan was like in front kind of in the street looking at the mayor's office like the other end of the street from you <laughs> and within a six second span you're like next to him <laughs> and i'm like torn in jail cover wait you want to go to jail I, we haven't even done anything yet i ran past him 
Um, cool. So... <laughs> because it's made out of stone. <laughs> the order that things are happening. Now, Dr. Crud, you, you kind of like are <laughs> still there. You haven't moved. And on the mention of torches, you do notice that this dust cloud appears to be kicked up by people on horse, horses. And even though it is noon, they are carrying torches. Oh, that's not good. Uh, Tornan and Dr. Crud make actions, and then we will resolve Olive getting into the jail. <laughs> well, Dr. Crud is going to head back to his cart so he can try to get his uh, heart transplant patient out of the cart and into the jail. <laughs> cool. Poor heart transplant patient. <laughs> He's had a rough day. I'm going to jail and I haven't even done anything yet. Wow, this is a first. I followed the two of them into the jail. Uh, cool. So within like 30 seconds, everyone's in jail and you hear a lot of like, Whoop! Yeah! Whoa! Get him! Whoa! Yeah! Whoa! And, uh... Uh, clamoring of a whole town's windows and doors slamming and being locked shut at roughly the same time. Which we do to the jail as well. A lot of people don't realize this, but jails are usually built to keep out, like, mobs. And they usually have, like, stone walls and can be completely secured and locked down. (laughs) So you guys get yourselves locked in with your party members, the person hiring you. (laughs) And this heart transplant patient, and as you're kind of, like, looking around, you see a guy with a little sheriff's badge, like, standing in, like, the jail cell next to you guys being like, whew, that was close. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever been in a jail willingly. <laughs> Ugh, this doesn't feel right. I tell you the story of how long ago a volcano went off. And the entire town was covered in ash and hot air. And the only person who survived was the person locked in the town jail who peed on their shirt and shoved it under the door. And the stone walls kept them from cooking like everyone else in the town did. All right. And that's how I pass the time. I amuse you with stories. (laughs) So how much time do you allow pass? All of it. (laughs) Okay, so most of the noise dies down within 15 minutes. Okay, so I'm this is probably going to be the first time I'm ever going to walk out of a jail without any difficulty either. Oh yeah, you're the stealthiest among us. You would be a good one to check if the coast is clear. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm going to take a peek out the door with a stealth check. Uh, 17. Uh, cool. You see that the sort of normal townspeople who were milling about town have gone off the streets. And before, there were no real horses on hitching posts. Uh, Now, there are horses on hitching posts. And the noise coming from both the show house and the bar seems to have increased. Okay. Horn in. You peek your head out the door, and you see before when the town... Uh, did not have any horses post any stables. Now they do. Um, and you hear much more excitement coming from both the uh, bar and the show 
room. Okay. So the road, the streets are empty? Largely, yes. When maybe there was like a dozen, two dozen people milling around, now you see like two or three. Okay, these guys don't seem like they're a very pleasant bunch, whoever just came into town. So, are the, the people milling about, are they the uh, people we saw before, or are they new? They look newer to you. Not that you remember everyone's faces, but these guys are dusty, wearing, like, traveler's clothes, and clearly are cl- equipped with weapons. Okay. All right, we got some guys outside. Looks like we got some horses on the stockades. Are you telling us that? Yeah. Oh, how many? Uh, half a dozen. Hmm, where at? They're just out spread out on the streets. I got a what? feeling we might have just had a posse ride into town. When Torden says that a posse rode into town, can I do an insight check on Clarence Howard Barrelbreaker to see if this is a surprise to him? <laughs> That's a 16. He he seems alarmed, but not surprised. Oh. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what's happening, but he is like, I had a feeling something would happen. Are they here because of you? Well, I hope not. They'd travel long, far away if they were. Hmm. So you know who these guys are? Oh, no, I can't say that I do. But I do have enemies from my past, but I've made sure to relocate in a place far from where anybody would know me. Oh, oh no. So I no, doubt no, that no, these no. folks... <laughs> I, I cut him off because we're standing next to a sheriff. <laughs> oh, boss, oh. boss. <laughs> Cough. He puts his hand up and says, Understand, I have never been on the wrong side of the law, miss. Okay. My enemies are purely those who do not like a true sense of justice. And it don't matter anyway. I mean, they won't even go after Stabo or Stabums or whatever the heck that guy's name is. So I wouldn't even worry about it. Can I do an insight check on this sheriff? (laughs) Um, 12? (laughs) What does the sheriff look like right now? Uh, the sheriff is weirdly calm right now. Ooh. Like, it's he's like... It's too. <laughs> yeah, St- Stabo's his cousin. <laughs> um, this seems like almost routine for, um, the sheriff. He's just sitting inside the cell, everything's barricaded, he's sort of like twiddling his thumbs, kicking his feet. Sheriff, who are those, uh, individuals just rode in, do you know? Oh, they're the Embers. They've, uh, no. they, uh, the Embers. They, uh, they're, they're a bunch of rough and tumbles from out in the dust, and uh, let's just say this town used to be a lot bigger before they burned half of it down. I see. That's why they're carrying the torches, correct? The name? Oh, yes. Most folks have learned their lesson not to go against them, but the torches are a nice reminder of how much one can lose. And that's why I'm here in this here jail cell. Keep myself nice and safe. Mm. Okay. What a wonderful sheriff you are. So you're saying this happens regularly and you always do this and you're always safe? Mm Mm-hmm. Haven't died yet. Well, then I guess we're (laughs) right in the perfect place. We ain't got to go nowhere. We're golden. No. Hey, Tornin. Yes? 
How sneaky are you? Pretty sneaky. Are you a good tracker? Yeah, I can track. Could we, after they're done with whatever they're doing over there, and I nod my head at the torch-wielding <laughs> criminals, do you want to find out where they sleep after this? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. <laughs> yeah, we can, like, leave Clarence with the sheriff and maybe get some justice, yeah? Yeah, I think I agree. Dr. Crud III looks so I, upset. I wouldn't trust the sheriff with Clarence. I wouldn't trust the sheriff with Nifo or Stabo or <laughs> Blomo or whoever the mo is around here. You guys are... You, oh, sheriff, he's going to be the bestest rubble and tumble. No, he's a dumbass. <laughs> okay, if we go traipsing after the embers, do you want to take Clarence with us? No, I don't think we should. I don't see why we gotta go chase after him in the first place. That's not our job. The sheriff would like to speak if up. Uh, can... you, you can only insult me a few more times before I, I might start to get offended here. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> well, that's one. Intimidation check from all three of us together. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. If a gang is nearby... And is dangerous, it might put our boss in the f danger in the future. We deal with them, he doesn't have to worry about them possibly attacking and burning down his farm. Yeah. <laughs> or he could hire us later to go ahead and do it afterwards, because then they are a problem. You gotta think of the future there, guy. <laughs> Secure your future employment, <laughs> argues Crud the third. <laughs> Well, that was a 16 on my intimidation check on the sheriff, because I have a minus one to that. And, uh... Intimidate. Okay. <laughs> oh. Ah, my character tries to say, shut up, but it, co <laughs> it coughs when he tries to do it, and... That's an at 20. Uh, so you all kind of shoot looks at this guy and tell him to shut up, and then he uh, very quickly is like, well, yep, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Turns to face the wall. <laughs> I rolled a one oh. on my intimidation. Total of one on my intimidation check. Came out. I rolled a two and I have a negative one on my intimidation check. Ah. So not a crit fail, just a one. Yes. So just a normal fail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you guys are good, so... No stress there. All right, Dr. Crud Third. if you don't want to track the embers back to where they sleep later tonight, leaving Clarence somewhere safe, what do you want to do about this? I say we ride out here in the jail, just like the sheriff over there does every single time, which is another more evidence of not leaving Clarence with him, and just <laughs> let them go about their business and then... We take Clarence where he needs to go. Let's just do the job and not add any more complications onto it. All right. Yeah, for now, that's all right. Should we find out where they live just for funsies? Not going to do anything just to know, like follow them back to... Oh, I should just ask the sheriff. Sheriff, you probably already know. Where's their base? Oh, um, with all respect to my position, I should be the last person you ask. I have never investigated, indicted... <laughs> Even 
alluded that any of the embers might have done anything wrong. <laughs> wow, he's the worst. <laughs> they burned down half the town. If that's not so- doing something wrong, I don't know what is. <laughs> More evidence. Not leaving Clarence with him. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> suddenly I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Anyone got a gag? <laughs> Tornin. The character holds up some rope. Tornin, no. Tornin, no. <laughs> I have darts, Tornin. <laughs> Put the rope down. I got some gauze. <laughs> no. I threaten you both with darts. <laughs> I've got a syringe. Mine's going to work faster. Everybody calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Just Mexican standoff with medical insurance. (laughs) We wake up three days later. Oh, crap. (laughs) The the jail's the last building standing in town. We're like, what did we miss? (laughs) I was going to tie up our client. Uh, um, all right, so how good are you at tracking? Do you think that you could find these embers, like, hideout location, even if we don't set out right now, like, later? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could do it. Okay, all right. Well, then it doesn't have to be now. Let's, yeah, as Dr. Crud III was saying, get Clarence to where he needs to go, and then we'll be free and done with this job, and we can do whatever we want. <sighs> Sheriff? All right. <laughs> All right, so I guess we need to wait it out until the embers are gone. Yep. Uh, cool. So you guys basically spend the night in the jail. <laughs> um, they don't leave wait. until like they showed up mid afternoon, party throughout the night, and like yeah. into the early morning. Oh, perfect. So I'm going to do a little task while, since everyone else is uh, busy uh, keep watching the embers, so I was waiting until nightfall, <laughs> and I'm going to try to sneak uh, in. Uh, sneak in where, or do you mean sneak after them? I'm going to sneak into the mayor's house, in the mayor's building. <laughs> he wants to rob the mayor. <laughs> okay. Are you trying to sneak out, like, without us seeing you? I gotta go water a tree, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, I guess you don't have any help then. Um, with the mayor breaking, because I definitely wouldn't help you water a tree, so... Bye! <laughs> but yeah, I, I, just out of character, I have a plus four to my stealth. So, like, I'm not a bad accessory to <laughs> burglary. <laughs> I have a minus one, I am. <laughs> But yeah, bye. <laughs> okay. So, um just just so I know exactly when, are you going before or after the embers have left? I'm going before before the embers have left. I'm doing nighttime, which I'm at my stealthiest since there's not really any local wildlife around to so my mask of the wild works in darkness, so uh and I can see pretty well in the dark, so... Okay. Uh, so, yes, so you sneak up to the mayor's house. Oh, sorry, would you get in your stealth check? 
Uh, oh, nice. That is a 24. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you make it, like, around the corner from the jail cell to short distance to get there. Um, the doors to the mayor's manor are not locked. And uh, when you enter into it, the building seems, like, pretty standard nighttime deserted. So, um, could I then get a perception check, please? Sure. Uh, that is a a 20 total, just not ugly 20. Cool. So you can hear the sounds of conversation coming from upstairs. Okay, so I'm heading to the office that, uh, I'm looking for the office where they were, uh, what appear to be, what appear to be the main office. Mm. My character wasn't inside of this place earlier, so he doesn't know. Uh, okay. Could I get an investigation check, please, then? Okay. That's a 12. Uh, cool. So you're kind of, like, looking around for the main office. Uh, you're finding a lot of, like, sitting rooms and parlors and things like that. And before you can find the main office... Like, as you're getting ready to go back out into the main area and check another room, you see a very rough-and-tumble-looking man coming down from the second floor, uh, exiting the mayor's manor. Okay. Uh, he appears to also be a dwarf. Alright, I'll take note of that. Alright. So, do I find- I'm gonna- I can t- uh, take note of the individual and keep searching. I'll remember that for the future. Uh, cool. So, just purely by process of elimination, you end up near the room that you heard, like, conversation coming from, and you're like, okay, this has to be the office. And as you sort of, you know, peer through the cracks and things like that, you can see that the mayor is indeed, um, in this room behind a desk. Seems office Okay. So, I'm gonna wait to see if he... Gets up and leaves the office anytime soon. Yeah, I'll say maybe like 10, 15 minutes after this other person exits. Um, he also turns the light out in his office and moves to another second story room. He's going to roll against her stealth. Does not beat it. And uh, it seems that he's going to bed. Because you already checked the room that he went into and there was nearly put a bed there. Okay. I s- enter the office well after he goes into his room and I look around. Uh, cool. So I'll take an investigation check, please. Okay. That is a 16. Uh, so with a 16, uh, you see he doesn't own cheap versions of anything. Like, everything that he owns is pretty nice. Um, you don't find anything directly incriminating or interesting. Uh, though you do find a ledger that um, marks, like, basically how much trade the town is doing with, like, the outside world. And you notice that a number of export like things are have been like crossed through and marked stolen. 
Does he have a safe? Uh, no. With a 16, you cannot find any sort of safe in this room. Hmm. Where does this individual keep his gold? Hmm. Uh, Was with there a that, bank? Uh, you do... Rem- there is a bank in town. It is one of the, like, four establishments. Oh. He probably deposited the gold. Dang. I'm not gonna rob a bank. That would be too difficult. <laughs> but, uh... You can see nighttime beginning to let up, and you imagine you don't have too much more time in this building before daylight begins to break, and guards and people return to do their business. Okay. Ledger, we got it with information in it. We got... (laughs) I scribble out a quick note. Your time will come soon, and I... And I plant it under the table, under his desk with the knife... That uh, that guy uh, that was in that guy's back. Knife and sneak uh, out. Cool. So you stick Knifeos blade in your note, and uh, one more stealth check as you leave, please. Okay. Uh, that is a twenty-three. I'm doing pretty good on stealth tonight. Cool. Um. So yeah, you sneak out unnoticed and return to your party at roughly the time. Uh. You know, when the embers are all leaving town. Okay. Art, I didn't find the gold, unfortunately. I was hoping to find... But, uh, the mayor had a rather... Was it nasty individual guest? When I was on my way back, I saw him coming out of the mayor's office. Are you telling us? I whisper to you guys. So... Trying to make sure that the the sheriff doesn't hear it. Oh, what guest? A dwarf. Looked like a rather rough fella. Ah, he should get some skin lotion. <laughs> sheriff, I noticed I was, on my way back, I saw a uh, rather rough-looking dwarf coming out of the mayor's office. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know anything about that. Mm. And he is clearly shifting in his seat and, like, doing dodgy eyes. Uh, I think I'm going to need to make it do an, uh, I'm going to have to do a, uh, I guess, uh, what's the check for when, for, check it, for determining another person's lying or not. Insight? Uh, insight. Yes, insight. Ow. <laughs> I didn't roll the negative one before, but I sure as heck did now. Natural one. Uh, yeah, you you empathize with this sheriff. He's got a very hard job, and he's just trying to live like anybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell what the, what the, what the guy's deal is, but... All right. Um, well, it looks like our... What? Get, town guests are left, so... Dr. Crudden Olive, with the return of Tornan uh, and this new information, has that affected your plan at all, or what are you doing as day begins to break over Bramblebrook? Dr. Crud the Third, what do you want to do? Well, we're gonna just stick to the plan. I mean, there's a shifty dwarf coming out of the, the building there, but... 
apparently the sheriff is so dumb he don't know who he is. <laughs> I got one more insult, I believe, so shut up over there. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna live in town. He's gonna live on the edge of town, right? And hardly interact with these people. He just has to get himself set up. Coherence? Yeah. So you're right, we don't really have to solve all the town's problems. No. Nah. No, that's for them to pay us for another day. Yeah. I fluff up the jail cell pillow. <laughs> and I I don't even ask the sheriff how much for the room for the night. I just roll over. And if he wants to poke <laughs> the when I'm laying down, I'm ten feet long with my tail. If he wants to poke a ten foot long crocodile, he can. <laughs> he has absolutely no desire to do that. <laughs> get some rest with a place to sleep found and the person you're in charge of protecting safely in tow you tuck in for a good night's rest before you move out to his plot of land in the morning thanks for joining us and this time we are joined by tornan well this is proven to be interesting dr crud the third well before i sign off there we did have one review so I'm going to go ahead and read that now. It's from a Johannes Amer- Armitage. If I per- mispronounce that, I'm sorry. I'm just a simple cu- Southern doctor. He says, A great format and a delightful experience. The fact that they are episodic is the best part. I don't have to go back and start at the beginning of their 100 plus episode list. I can jump in and listen to whatever title tickles me the most without fear of failing to understand the plot. Yeah, we keep it simple. <laughs> K-I-S-S. <laughs> Bye-bye. And Olive. Bye. All right. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please, share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. And did you know that we have webcomics? Look for the adventures of fire-breathing kittens on webtoons.com. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Yes, that's right. You really can own a notepad with the fire-breathing kitten logo on the front. Or one of your favorite characters. Welcome back to the fire-breathing kittens. We are once again joined by... Tornan. Hello. Olive. Hi. And Dr. Crud. Well, we kept them safe throughout the night. Job well done. Yep. Olive, would you like to give us a short recap of our first half? Sure. Olive takes out her handy-dandy fire-breathing kitten's notebook, which you can buy on redbubble.com. It's got a logo of a fire-breathing kitten on the front of the notebook. (laughs) That, my friends, is called product placement. Yes. Native advertising. (laughs) 
Clarence is going to buy his now, and he might buy one for a friend as well. Oh, yes. Clarence is the coolest. <laughs> this is why we protect Clarence. Okay, so we met Clarence Howard Barrelbreaker, a blonde, meek dwarf with a floppy hat that he likes to hold in his hand and ring. He was wishing to move to Bramblebrook for no particular reason that I would like to share with anyone who doesn't already know. He's a farmer of rare tubers. We escorted him on the train and in a luxurious stretch carriage <laughs> that happened to contain a patient uh, <laughs> to the town of Bramblebrook, where we assisted him as he attempted to purchase his land from the mayor, a lavishly dressed, monocled and sashed dwarf, and met some of the nearby townsfolk, like Nifo, who seems lovely, and, <laughs> and the Price Theater Company, which is not in danger at all. And th we then proceeded to spend a lovely night totally uh, on the house of the town and, and with free accommodations in this wonderful, and I'm like gesturing around the jail cell, <laughs> in this wonderful abode that is so secure and lovely and uh, with our, our new friend, the sheriff. So, yeah, you guys wake up in jail. Not the first time. You got an adequate night's sleep. You are technically rested. And uh, the town is devoid of embers. There are no burnt buildings, just a few broken windows, broken bones, broken card tables, things like that. Which you can see are all pretty much in the street. <laughs> Must have been some night. It just around a party. <laughs> uh, so Clarence kind of like regards the scene and um, kind of like starts to say something and then clearly like pulls at his beard and is like, I, I have some lumber that I suppose we should get loading onto Dr. Crud's cart. All right, well, hold on one second. I got one more insult. Hey, Sheriff, you're a worthless piece of crap. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, All right. Cool. Looks like we won't be going back there again for a rest tonight. Oh, great. I'm starting to... <laughs> I'm starting to do it, too. <laughs> right? It's hard not to. So everyone helps load up the cart. Um, are, is there any actions people would like to take before they leave town? I mentioned the fact that uh, the mayor was keeping track of a number of shipments that were stolen. I got a feeling the mayor might be, uh, might not be, well, mayor might be behind those uh, shipments being stolen. God, I gotta get this accent out. <laughs> well, let's get Clarence over to his land and hope that he's all settled in, and then we can uh, address those issues. Yeah. Cool. Everyone hops on the cart and uh, takes off towards this uh, plot of land. It's, we'll say, ten miles. I want it to be known that Dr. That Dr. Crud does uh, load his... Uh, Heart transplant patient back into the cart. <laughs> Is he okay? Oh yeah, he's fine. See, here, hey, 
Hey, George, go ahead and wave at the nice lady. You see George is trying to lift his hand, and it just falls back. Here, let me do that for you. Dr. Crud waves his hand. All right. <clears throat> yeah, he seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's breathing. He, he, his heart, his new heart's beating. He, he, he'll be fine. Just need some, take some time to recover. <laughs> All right. His heart doesn't seem to be in that attempt to raise his hand. Well, he's very, very sleepy. I ripped out one heart and put in another one. That's going to take a little bit out of anybody. I want to, I want to see how you are after I rip out your heart and put a new one in. <laughs> well, at least you can't say he's heartless. Uh, Clarence speaks up and it's like, if we could get on the road, please. <laughs> oh yeah, we can talk about it on the way. On the road again. Da 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 da. Road again. <laughs> uh, cool. Could could everyone make survival checks, please? Yeah, sure. That is going to be a 15 for Dr. Crud. That's a 23. Nice. Better than my okay. 13. We've got a ranger. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, Tornan and Crud easily together clock a, um, I believe it's pronounced like a Kenshar. It's one of those shrieking jackal monsters that peels its face back and like yells real loud. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a very fun monster, and they actually make very good pets. They're just very super creepy. They're like, um, <laughs> their their whole thing is they tense all the muscles on their face and basically pull back all their skin until it's just their skeletal like thing, and then they go like, and then people get freaked out and run away, and then they murder them. Okay. Uh, great yeah, so pet like, material there. <laughs> they're loyal guard animals, but uh, this is a wild one, and that 23 was very good in clocking that one is on the plains. Yeah. If it had to be in a ranger, that's one of our good skills, so. Uh, it's a distance enough away to where you might be able to move around it, or you could attempt to take care of it, but uh, moving around it would require some cleverness by way of another skill check. Oh man, I don't see it at all. <laughs> I'm going to try an animal, animal handling check. Pull a little food out of my pack. Okay. So, are you going to go by yourself, or are you going to bring people with you? I'm going to go by myself. Yeah, because I ain't taking my cart over there. I'm okay. going around. <laughs> oh no! All right. <laughs> He's so alone with this thing that kills people. Does it? Wait. Okay. So I just see you take your food out and hop out of the carriage. Sure. Why not? Uh. Hey, Crud the Third. Where's Tornan going? Oh, there's a, a face peeling monster over there to the to 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 the to the west of us. Uh, it looks like he's gonna go try to handle it. Try to make it his pet, make it, uh, you know, his guard dog and whatever makes him happy. But we're going to the right. We're going to go around it and he can catch up with us. I'll, I'll wait for him on the uh, on the berm over there. What if he dies? Oh, gosh, I hop out. Uh, that's OK. I, I, I'm a doctor. <laughs> OK. I hop out of the carriage and I follow Tornin. 
That was, that's what scares me. Bye. Okay. I'll save you too if you need it. Bye. Right. Thanks. I appreciate that. I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tornan, as you approach the... So I'm going to try an animal handling check. Please do. Uh, roll it. Let's see. Uh... That would be a 15. Okay. What do you do exactly? I hold out the food to it. Hey there, fella. This thing is slowly just tensing its skin, causing it to be peeled backwards, um, exposing more and more of its skeletal visage. And it comes up. Could I get perception checks from both of you? Both of you being Olive and Tornan. Perception, okay. Ah, mother. Uh, 16 for Olive. Olive, you see... At least I'm not rolling these ones in combat. <laughs> blending into its fur is this sort of like a tan collar that turns into sort of like a... Uh, not a tabard, but like a sort of cape on the back of it uh, that's burnt around the edges. And it reaches out, bites the food from Tornan's hand, including nipping at his fingers. Everyone, please roll initiative. And... um. And then it uh, is going to try to howl. So, what'd y'all get? 18 initiative. So it's not a wild one. That's a roll-off with this beast, please. Ugly 20. Alright. Mm-hmm. Only a 14 that time. Alright, well, you actually beat it on the second one. So, uh, Tornan first, then Olive, then the, the Kenshark. Dang, that's what they're called. All right. Unfortunately, I'm in melee range, so that means I have to roll with disadvantage, which sucks, but oh well. Uh, does a 18 hit? It does. All right, then. Disadvantage, that was still pretty good. That's nine points of damage. Uh, cool. Olive? Uh, this thing is pretty pretty hurt from that arrow. Mm. Am I in melee range? Um, I'll say you're like five feet away. You weren't right up next to him, but you were like, you know, behind Tornan, like getting his back, you know? Yeah, just in case it bit him. But like, yeah, I could be up yeah, to 40 so feet away and that would be within my movement. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're- I move up to it. And I take the action of, I would like to grapple it by grabbing it by the collar, pointing out the existence of the collar to Tornin, and, like, reaching behind its head so that it can't bite me, scruffing it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to facilitate a future animal handling check by uh, de-escalating the punching situation. <laughs> like, I'm not going to punch it. Uh Cool, yeah. So, um, I think that is an animal handling in itself, if I could get one from you. Oh, all right. That's a ten. Not bad. Um, yeah, so this thing's hurt. You, like, specifically getting it at the back of the neck, I imagine something that is all about tensing muscles in the front of its face. Massaging the back of it would make it difficult to fully, like, bone freak out. Um, Mm. so you've got this thing sort of like, it's biting everything in front of it, but you have it by the collar and are like going against it. Um, this thing is still hostile, but it didn't bite you. 
now it's cool. its turn. So it's going to... Oh, and can I spend a key point before the end of my turn? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I'd like to spend a key point to do patient defense. I can take the dodge action as a bonus action on my turn, which means that until the start of my next turn, any attack roll made against me has disadvantage if I can see the attacker. And I'm I'm basically trying to, like, grapple. I've got one leg on each side of the dog. I'm picturing it as a dog. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm trying to hold it from behind its face. Because <laughs> its face yeah. freaks me out. <laughs> like, this is not a normal dog. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't, I, I mean, I saw that he was trying to feed it and I'm like, you want this as a pet? Okay. <laughs> so hopefully Tornin, it can't attack you is what I'm hoping that it has to attack me. And when it does use disadvantage. I, I think what happened was the reverse of that, where you grabbed it from the back. So it's, it can't move back to you, but it can still get at Tornin. <laughs> but you're also grappling it. So it can't move. So all he has to do is step backwards. This thing is going to first try to break your grapple. Ah, okay. It doesn't, it does not, I mean, roll, but it rolled a nat one, so. (laughs) Just don't roll a nat one. Oh my gosh, wait, wait, I also got a natural one. Oh my goodness, you've been tied with this thing twice now. (laughs) Um, So what's your strength modifier? I'll just go to that. Uh, Plus one. It has a plus two, so it does break free. Um, I'm going to roll. Yeah, so the collar breaks off in your hand, and it fully bone freaks out and uh, starts shrieking very loudly and then uses its action to uh, dash away. Does not disengage, so if anybody wants to take an attack of opportunity at it, they can. Okay. Oh, but it's trying to run away, you said? It appears to be bolting back towards the door. I'm guessing a nine. Uh, Was that a nine to hit? Yes. That's a mess. Um, It appears to be running back in the direction it came. Tornin, what was that? I don't know, but it looked like it could have been a good... Guard dog for our for our hi- the person who hired us. <laughs> hmm. I look at the collar in my hands. Can I do an investigation on it? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not Pidge. I'm Olive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Two. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's not a one. So you get everything I described to you before, which was it's like a dirty piece of tan colored cloth that's burnt around the edges. Like with a two, this thing could have gotten tangled around its neck for all you know. There's no name on it. So you're like, this is this is nothing Mm. could be nothing. I say to Tornin, man, you got to pick better dogs. And I put the collar in his hand. (laughs) And I, I start stomping back to the carriage. <laughs> Here, let me take a look. So, it, it, investigation, correct? Yes. I think it's a piece of right, a cloth, too, because I rolled no better than she did. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, so you guys just kind of... Do you keep the cloth, or...? <laughs> nope, I dropped the piece of cloth. I thought of our party name... 
team investigation. (laughs) (laughs) Team one. (laughs) We're number one. We're number one. Not that kind of number one. Uh, yeah, so you guys make it back to the cart, um, that was a weird thing that happened, um, <laughs> yes. Clarence is like, is, is everything alright? Are you, is anyone hurt? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Tried to nip my fingers off, but it didn't succeed, so. I want to wash my hands, that was gross. <laughs> well, I gotta say, that was utterly embarrassing for you both. You know, we could have just stuck to my plan, which was just to go around, and you would have saved face. <laughs> oh, well, I've seen enough face for today. I don't need to save any more of it. <laughs> well, there's some hand sanitizer in the oh. back. Go ahead and help yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my character just wipes his hands on his clothing. Hey, that's what I do, too. Fine by me. Uh, yeah, so within um, within an hour... <laughs> You uh, make it to like a nice little plot. There's very little vegetation in this area, but this is one of the uh, mining company's uh, former exploratory sites. They're looking for, uh, and I'll say uh, Clarence explains this like sort of on the right or over um, the mining company. There's this thing that happens where bubbles of uh, mineral and ore rich water will come up from the ground and like it's cool because you can pan for ore there but they're really trying to figure out where it all comes from so there's tons of these dig sites they've set up where they set up small mines and they're like oh there's only silver here like there's only iron this wasn't what we're looking for and there's no dwarves out here to work them so and as you arrive on this looks there's a Wait, there's only silver? Wow. Exactly. They're looking for this mystery geyser of all the minerals that they could ever dream of, and they're leaving perfectly fine mining plots here. Um, and you see that there's no house, there's uh, remnants of a campfire and a few like tent posts that were hastily like left behind, but there is like an established lumber-laid mining shaft that leads, you know, deeper under the ground. He says, it's only copper, but it should be fine, and you know, with my crops, uh, I think I'll make a nice living here. Alright. The next portion is an interesting question that I pose for you guys. This man is building himself a house. What do you think you could uniquely help build for him that only your character could do? Hmm. To build a house? Uh, like a thing. Like, you could help, uh, oh, like, I'll set him up with some medical supplies from Dr. Crud, or like, oh, he should have an archery range, or like, I'm gonna set animal traps, like, he's going to concern himself with the building of the house, you can help him with that, or perhaps, you know, you add your little own special flair to this guy's farm, if you want. (laughs) I set him up a smokehouse that, so he can keep it, so he can... Uh, so they can cure his food for storage. Oh. Mm. That's a good idea, food storage, because he's going to be out here all alone. It's not like he can pop off to the grocery store. I follow a similar tactic, and I start digging a root cellar 
using my cook's utensils and my background in cooking, it says, History, your knowledge of cooking techniques allows you to assess the social patterns involved in a culture's eating habits. So I'd like to, using my, using my chef knife, <laughs> I'd like to know about how root cellars um, are used in a culture's eating habits. So like how root cellars work and how... <laughs> how people use this tool to store food. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging a hole in the ground and I'm ventilating it properly. <laughs> I don't really understand how chef's utensils work. <laughs> well, usually you cook with them. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> no. I don't know. That yeah. was a that was a fun creative use. I like that. Um <laughs> Dr. Crud, do you have anything to impart? I hand her a shovel from my pack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have one of those. So <laughs> it would have taken me a long time. <laughs> a lot easier with the shovel than it is that spoon you're using. <laughs> Literally, I had a stirring spoon and a ladle. <laughs> and a metal knife. I got an adventurer's pack. It comes with a shovel, so it's going to be much more useful than that spoon. (laughs) Straight up, it's a spoon. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I I dig with the shovel. Thank you, guys. Uh, Dr. Crub is not going to give him medical supplies because those are going to run out. What he's going to do is he's going to scout the land around him and look for plants that could be used for medical remedies and explain to them how to use it and prepare it and you know don't touch that one that's poison ivy and that'll give you rashes that one that will help break a fever that one if you touch that one instant death you know (laughs) dr crud could i please get a medical check and a perception check from you okay um the medical check is a nat 20, so a 25. Super dope. Perception is a, set, a 17 plus 3, so a dirty 20. Love a dirty 20. So with the 25 medical, um, you don't find anything like super remarkable, but you are totally able to like map this area and basically provide him with a like map of like if you get a headache go to this part there's these plants and so on and so forth um with your 20 perception you can see like you take a moment to admire the beauty and like you know this like desert landscape and you see the glint of sun reflecting off metal just over a bluff like, maybe a, you know, football field's distance away. Oh, look, shiny. Let's go look at it. <laughs> Have I finished with a shovel, not a stirring spoon, digging a root cellar? <laughs> um, I'm going to say no, but everyone's made good progress. Um, basically, everyone working together has gotten, like, the smoke shack, that's a couple walls, the frame of the house, and then, like, half of the root cellar dug. One more good day of work and this sort of like do-it-yourself house kits um, will be nicely put together. Um, 
you know, reinforcing it, winterproofing it, and things like that will take, you know, more time than that. But, you know, 50 Amish can do it in an hour. <laughs> Four people can do it in a day <laughs> or two days. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, Dr. Crud returns with news of Shiny. Or were you going yourself to investigate the Shiny stuff? Yeah, I, once Crud spots it, he's going for the Shiny. Oh, Okay. So, you start going directly toward it, and you see that the shine goes away, and then maybe ten seconds later, you spot heads popping up above the bluff, just for a second, and then they go away. So, it's animal heads, not a metal. So, it's their eyes? Uh, people heads. Oh, people heads? Hmm. Yes. Uh, Dr. Crud's gonna run back yelling, Snipers! Snipers! Oh, that's clever. Snipers? Interesting. Uh, I duck. I'm into the root cellar, in fact. <laughs> over yonder! Over yonder! People's heads popping up with shining glass for sunlight, shining off a of glass. Could only be snipers or spy glasses, so snipers! Snipers! Come on in! The root cellar's half built. Interesting. So someone's spying on us. Dr. Crub grabs his heart transplant patient and throws him in the cellar. (laughs) So this is a solid four foot trench, like big enough, you know, for the group or, you know, like a reasonable cellar. How wet wooded is this area around here? Not wooded. It's mostly sand dunes and like uh, rock formations or like tall mesas. So you encountered some of the wildlife in your uh, journey up here. It's a lot of, you know, like hunting animals, dangerous bugs, lizards, and snakes, and things like that. There's nothing for me to use my Mask of the Wild ability on is my problem. So, okay, so I can't sneak around until we nightfall. Okay, so you said you saw someone spying on us from a distance. Interesting. I saw heads. I saw glints of light coming off of all I can assume is glass. So they're either snipers or they're spyglasses. And, you know, let's hide. Make sure it ain't snipers. You want to get shot between the eyes? I sure as heck don't. Mm-mm. Hmm. I doubt they're snipers, but... Well, I'll tell you what. You can go check. I'm going to stake right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we might be, be they might be spying on us. God, this accent's driving me nuts. Um <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I talk the way I talk. My mama brought me up right. And I'm starting to talk like you're talking. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I do declare. <laughs> <sighs> Is Clarence in the root cellar with us? Yes, he's down there, and now that you mention it, you can tell that he is panting and red-faced and seems to be very upset that this is happening. All this talk of spying and snipers. I I think you better trank our uh, boss here. He might, if he gets this stressed out, he might, uh, well, go hog. Well, let me pose an idea. Let me go, whole hog, 
And then I'll find out what's on the other side of that dune. He's not in town anymore, though. <laughs> right? Do- Dr. Crud goes over there, embraces him. No, no, you don't need to go all hog over this, okay? You just need to calm down, my friend. And he embraces him, starts stroking his beard. <laughs> no. no need to go no need to go hog wild that's our job these might just be your new neighbors Olive adds you wouldn't want to make a bad impression on your new neighbors alright I'll take a group persuasion check everybody roll as long as one person passes oh very nice um let's see that's a charisma so uh, that's a 13 8 minus 1 is (laughs) 7. Okay, since I'm caressing him and uh, cuddling him and stroking his beard, can I have advantage? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, cool. Thank you, because 8 went to a 19. (laughs) Plus 4, so 23. Cool. Yeah, so he's still pretty mad. Um, You think if something big happened, he might freak out again, but um, he doesn't seem to be on the verge of diving over that dune and doing whatever he wants to do on the other side. All right. Now, don't you worry, Clarence. Our friend over here, Tornin, he's going to go check it out real quick. Go on. Go on, buddy. (laughs) Bye. What time of the day is it? I'll say it's about 4, 4.30, so it's going to be sundown pretty soon. All right, I'm going to wait until sundown. We all have a better chance of being able to hide. Oh, sniping doesn't work in the dark. Also, I can, I have one of my abilities activates in darkness, so... Uh... <laughs> and Tornin is scary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. So a couple hours passed. Uh, Clarence totally calms down. Uh, you guys do some like light work, uh, that needs to be done. Just working on the house. And, uh, he makes dinner for you guys. Like a simple, you know, uh, like cowboy stew. Meat, potatoes, thick, rough, more of a gravy. Um, torn in. Let's get a... Stealth and perception from you as you are covertly moving across the dunes trying to see something. I just got a 24 for stealth and a 16 for perception. Alright, so 24, you're pretty confident that you're moving unnoticed. And a 16 perception... You don't see any active movement, but looking around the dune where you saw the heads before, you can tell that, like, I mean, it's sand, so there's not, like, actual footprints, but you can tell some divots in, like, the sand on a lightly windy day. There's clearly a number of people that came in a path to the dunes and then away from the dunes. All right, I'm going to follow the path, the path. Do I need to make a survival check? Yes. I mean, if you're a, a lone player character wandering off to fight the enemies on your own, you might want to make a certain other type of survival check. <laughs> yeah, I'm not planning on fighting them on my own, just finding out where they are. If I find out where they are, I can bring in the 
others to help me take them on, but... Unless they ambush you. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> I'll start rolling your next character. <laughs> if they ambush me. Uh. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to make a survival check to, fi- to follow the... Yep. Good. Please do. That is a 16. Okay. So you follow it for maybe a half mile and you see it's very low dim light like a light spell on something that somebody tossed like a blanket over like a like a muddled sort of light and you can't tell exactly how many but there appear to be figures moving okay i'm going to sneak up close and uh see if i can Determine what these are, who these guys are. Uh, Tornin edges closer to death. (laughs) Perception check, please. Sure. That is a 13. Uh, You cannot tell the light is too dim and everything too dark. Okay. Dang it. Yeah, you can't tell. You can try to get closer, but then you would be but mere feet away from these people. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> no way. I mean, it's dark. It's a little hard to... Uh... All right, for your new ca- next character, I got Goblin Thief. That's okay with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have been rolling against a 24. So, like, that's pretty hard to beat unless they rolled like very high um which as you approach you hear one of them go shh i think i heard something and the figures all kind of stop (laughs) them night crows (laughs) (laughs) uh so you go ka 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 That will be a uh, deception check, please. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Not 20. Thank you. Not 20. All right. So you make a very convincing bird noise. (laughs) These people go like, all right, well, whatever. We need to get going. And they start. You hear the sound of like buckles being buckled and things like that. Hey, Olive, I hear the elusive night crow in the distance. <laughs> I, I guess we're really, really far away, though, so like, we can't hear him. So I'm like, yeah, that's a bird. It's so convincing. <laughs> well, yeah, like you got Nat 20 yeah. or something. <laughs> wow, <laughs> they've got face-peeling dogs and night crows around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, that was the best possible time to roll that nat 20. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do? I'm going to see if I can see any uh, recognizable markings on the individuals. Or uh, do I recognize any of them from the town or anything? You don't recognize anybody from town. But it also occurs to you you didn't really look at the embers too much. So... You don't... Yeah, these aren't townspeople, but you also don't know who they could be affiliated with. How many are there? 
you would uh maybe like four give or take all right i'm going to sneak off and return back to the farm all right so um olive and dr crud after about five ten minutes uh you see tornan return you missed a really cool crow all right yeah it's one of those elusive gnat crows they're awesome <laughs> oh yeah. that might have been me wait you're a gnat crow <laughs> uh, <laughs> i needed they accidentally heard me i needed to make sure that uh they thought it was an animal who 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 do you who do you find possibly some bandits don't know well, I would think that if they were bandits, then they would have attacked to get their get our stuff. And since they decided to go away, I'd say that they weren't bandits, that they're, they're just curious onlookers. Hmm. It's possible. I didn't. I wasn't able to get any real important details on the individuals, but they were leaving. Did you wish them well? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be. No, I did not want to tangle with them by myself well we're gonna have to talk to you about your manners later just know that that <laughs> that conversation's coming in the future four possibly armed individuals versus me mm. yeah i'm not i'm not suicidal i'm and rude clarence did the mayor tell you anything about this plot of land that you bought maybe like who else lived near here? Uh, n- no. Uh, I specifically asked for the most remote place that I could find, and he was happy to oblige. Mainly, he was curious about my means of uh, industry, and I explained that I'm a farmer and a miner, and he asked what I farmed, and once I told him, he was very curious about uh, procuring some of my seeds. He offered me a steep discount for for all of my crops, which I thought was absolutely insanity. And uh, then you came into the room, if I recall. Hmm. I see. Okay, things are starting to add up. But, like, why did he sell you land next to a bunch of people? Is my, like, I still don't understand that. I don't think they they don't live uh, they didn't look like there was a any homes near here just mm-hmm. I, I just saw people all right well Clarence you're gonna have to make friends with your neighbors <laughs> what if what if these people that we saw are trying to rob you uh you can see like his telltale panting starts to come up then if I am trying to be robbed. On my own property, which I have paid full price for, then I would happily remove them. Hmm. Torn, stop it! Gosh darn it! <laughs> Doctor Craig goes back and embraces him again and pets his beard. And, <laughs> it's all right. Calm down. Oh, all right. Not, he, he's just talking crap. He's got a caca mouth. <laughs> caca. <laughs> No, I got a feeling I got a, I got a, yeah, I think I know what my, I got a bad feeling I know what might be going on here. You said your 
uh, your roots are valuable, right? Oh, yes, very. The, he kind of hushly whispers with you guys. And they the, grow in stone. In stone? Mm-hmm. Oh, like under the ground? Yeah, but not oh. in dirt. Directly in hard, solid rock. Oh, do you need to be above ground at all? Well, from where I come from, very rarely. Oh, well, why are we digging you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> The crocodile just dug the dwarf a root cellar. <laughs> I don't because I doubt he's gonna eat his too much of his crop. No, no, no. The question is, why are we making any above ground? Oh well, reveals that he lives here. We could just hide him underground. Like, why do you need an above ground house? Well, I want hmm. one. I like the sunlight. I, I I enjoy the sunlight. You know, it's 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 nice. Uh, uh, you live in a house. I, I too enjoy living in a house. I spend most of my time underground. But if if I was going to hide myself in a hole for the rest of my life, there's no reason for me to come to a secluded location. I chose this place so I may live my life in freedom, going above and below as I see fit. Also, underground's sort of like a work thing for me, and uh, you know. I don't want to live where I work. Plus, when you have company over. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, here's my plan. You should build vertical tunnels and wear a safety belt when you're above ground. And then if at any point the embers or whatever the heck the snipers were or the face dog comes in or the mayor or the sheriff. I don't know what their (laughs) deal is. If they come attack you, you just run and dive down this hole with your bungee cord and then escape into your... So we're going to, like, let's make you an escape tunnel system. That's what we should do. And then you can farm and walk in the daylight all you like and escape and attack. I say we should... uh investigate them but I'm not going to do it alone I agree with you and in case we don't come back here's our idea to Clarence Clarence if we don't come back build a bunch of mine shafts and wear a bungee cord as you farm and walk around down your land I was going to I must admit that sounds very cool and I would like to do that Uh, but uh, for another day I, I am curious about these antelopers to my property I would prefer not to, you know, always have to be bunching myself up and down <laughs> shafts and whatnot. It would be best for you to make friends. I mean, hey, you maybe they don't like the embers and the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know? Like, there might be a way to negotiate with these people. Or they could be the embers. That's what I'm afraid of. <clears throat> Let's so find out. you guys hear... Yeah, you guys hear a perfectly on cue shout. Get on out here and give us your seeds. We ain't here to negotiate about it. Mm. Now you see, these, these are are robbers. (laughs) We're in a half-constructed root cellar still, aren't we? Yep. (laughs) Dr. Crud shouts out, there's always room for negotiation. Well, okay, how about this? You give us the seeds, and you get to keep your lives. Well, I like that, but 
How about you don't get the seeds and we still keep our lives? How about you walk away and you get to keep your lives? Now, Tara, they're going to keep their lives. Can I perception check? I want to know where the shouting's coming from. I want to know what directions the enemies are. Uh, cool. So perception check as you peek above the root cellar. And then could I get an yeah. intimidation check from Tornan? I assume you guys have been like laying low, just sort of like chit chatting and stuff. Yeah. I should have been meditating. <laughs> the intimidation. Mm. Yeah, I got an 11. I got a 13 on my perception. I just want to know like where the shouting's coming from. There seems to be a small group of people uh, from the direction where you guys clocked people coming from before. Oh, these are the shiny people. Yes, this is probably the same group of people. Um, hmm. Do they look like the embers? Well, I guess I didn't see them. Only Tornin saw the embers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he only saw one of them, which was like a dwarf. These hmm. appear to be a mix. So... Sounds like Tornin followed them, made the birds sound, and they they followed him back. Yeah. Tornin, did you disguise your footsteps? Uh, it's dark out. I didn't figure it was necessary. Well, uh -huh. guess what? They followed you. Thank you. They have torches. Their name is Embers. Ah, <laughs> uh, true. Oh, yeah. Nifo, get the torches going. You guys see that these guys... Light four torches. They all kind of hold them up, and they're like, we'll burn you out of there if we got to. We're getting them seeds. It's dirt. You can't burn dirt. <laughs> well, that's that's uh that's true, Thunk. You can't burn dirt. Hey, shut up, Nifo. <laughs> Nobody asked you. Oh, great. There's Nifo. All right. <sighs> um, hey, Nifo. I had your knife earlier. This poor heart patient. <laughs> and I hear the mayor's looking for you now. <laughs> yeah, threatening the mayor's not going to be... Doesn't make you very popular. What? Oh. Hey. Can you make a intimidation check, actually? One more time for me, Tornan. <gasps> oh, oh, I have a thing to do. Uh, Ooh. Can while he's intimidating them, can Olive be changing into yeah. a gold backless ball gown? Go ahead. One hundred percent, yes. What? I want to change my clothes <laughs> into a gold backless ball gown. I'm so ready to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah, threatening the mayor is not. Uh, Gonna make you very popular around here. I rolled a nine. Oh. Okay, can I raise my hands and be like, white flag? Uh, my, my previous shirt was white, so I'm gonna raise that on a stick. Does it get okay. pumped full of arrows? No. Okay, all right, then I, I peek my head out. Does that get pumped full of arrows? No, but you do see you have weapons trained on you. Okay, I very slowly stand up with both hands raised and a white flag, and I am a female in a gold backless ball gown, and I slowly exit from the root cellar, and I say, 
I was just digging this root cellar to help out with the new home. I don't want, you know, I don't want any misunderstandings. Deception check, please. Wasn't lying. Oh, that's true. Wait a skirt. Okay. <laughs> well, then go on, get. But you weren't digging it in the dress. Why would you dig it in that dress? <laughs> the dress is a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Could I just, like, slowly walk over to him and see what happens with my hands raised and the white flag? Um, okay. Just to perfectly encapsulate this scene so we know <laughs> potential outcomes. Uh, you've declared you were digging a root cellar in a ball gown, being like, I don't want any trouble. And then would be slowly <clears throat> slinking towards, no. again, as you said, towards them. In a- I didn't say I don't want any trouble, because oh. that would be a lie. I said I don't want any misunderstandings. <laughs> okay, okay. Finger guns. <laughs> uh, and then you are making your way towards them. Not towards them, just out of the root cellar, and like I want to take a good look around. What do I see? Can I get a perception check? Yeah, go ahead. But uh, even without a perception, it's simple. Four guys with torches, and... Uh, little like revolvers um just basically it's standard stick them up they're standing together being like Give okay so, so i say i don't want to offend you fine for gentlemen okay i'm olive lovely to meet you miss olive now i'm afraid this might get a touch violence so you might want to go on get on your way one of them tosses a torch of course. Oh, gosh. I'm going to try to, like, get mm, in the distance. I'm walking at about half my movement speed because I actually can move 40. So I'm going at 20. <laughs> okay. And I'm walking exit stage left. Now, and then I'm going to... All right. Are they going to let me go? I'm going to just do something that I'm very particular... What kind... Of shoes are you wearing? Um, <laughs> simple leather shoes. Okay, but I probably took them off. Yeah. So barefoot. Barefoot. Okay, that was the right answer. <laughs> um, cool. So barefoot, yeah, they're yeah. just like, all right, get get on your way. Okay, I exit stage left and. Then I'd like to do a stealth check. Cool. Roll it out. Yes. Oh, frick. <laughs> okay, so I go to lay down on the ground to start crawling. With my natural one, I just fall on my face. <laughs> Very loudly. Uh, Very not stealthily. <laughs> I'm behind a tumbleweed. <laughs> so Nifo is like, oh, ooh. Oh, dang, I think she fell down. <laughs> they just <laughing> at me. <laughs> so what's going back in the root cellar right now? Uh, Dr. Crud's going to raise his voice again. All right, well, you four is about as smart as that sheriff is. The, root, the, the, the roots ain't here yet. They ain't going to be here till next week. He's got to build first, you dummies. Come back next week and try again. Uh, actually, dummy, we want the seeds. I, 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 shut up, you. Huh? <laughs> what? Oh, you shut up. Not, you know what? Get him. 
Pew, pew. Roots don't have seeds. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just laughing behind a tumbleweed. <laughs> you plant the roots into the ground. They don't have seeds. They're tubers. No. Wait, hold up. All of you could see, like, one of them scratching his head with his gun, being like, I don't... I ain't never ate no potato with a seed in it, Nifo. You know what, Jericho? I've had enough about you. You and what you have and have not eaten with and without seeds. They said, boss said, you come here, get the seeds, come back, you get a night at the bar. Simple as that. Remember how that last job went when we took that, uh, carriage? Nice and simple. Look, you gentlemen seem to be... If there's no seeds to take to the boss, because you don't plant seed, you don't plant tubers with seeds, you plant, there's nothing to take back to the boss. I mean, there's no seeds to take back to the boss. Look, there seems to be about one brain cell between you gentlemen. <laughs> Come back next week when the roots are here, when everything's been built so the roots can be here, and then try again. <laughs> All right, diplomacy from Dr. Crud, please. Diplomacy? Oh, that's not a thing anymore, Friday. sorry. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I can do persuasion. Yes, a uh, persuasion, that's the one. Okay. Persuasion. 16 plus 4. I just aged myself. So that's a dirty 20. Uh, Cool. So they, very frustrated, Nifo's like, all right, let's let's get out of here. I'm done with this. And Thunk's (laughs) like, yeah, me too. Honestly, I gotta go get a book on plants because this seed thing is just (laughs) driving me up a wall. And uh, the four of them are like, you can read. Congratulations. We'll be back in a week to burn down with whatever you got. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to sneak behind him. I say, standing up and dusting myself off and punch him. <laughs> now, now, there ain't no need for violence. You see, all you got to do is talk to them. They only got but one brain cell between the four of them. <laughs> so all we got to do is we got we bought we bought Clarence a week. He can build, fortify, and when they come back next week, if they even remember, that he'll be ready for them, and there ain't gonna be no problem. No, nah, we're, we're not, not gonna going give them to give them a week. week. We're, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna deal, deal with, with them, them now. now. <laughs> Why are you all copying each other? Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> <laughs> Olive will change back into her normal clothes and shoes. That surround them from behind plan did not work, but let's go surround them when they're sleeping. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. And then what? What do you do with them after you capture them? <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, yeah, duh. We don't capture them alive. We bury them somewhere no one's going to be able to find these idiots. I, 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 no. I heard there were some mine shafts around here. No, no, no. I got to put my foot down. There ain't going to be no deaths, no violence. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, of course not. So, um, we should probably go to sleep for the night. <laughs> Everyone go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a long day. I need my meditation. I move over to... Uh, I move over to, uh... <laughs> monk. 
Yep. We're gonna have to leave him behind, you know that, right? 2 a.m., yeah? Sounds good. All right. It's mostly because they laughed at me when I fell over. <laughs> well, everybody laughed at you. Even your friends <laughs> laughed at you. Yeah, but that's your, you're my friends. That's different. <laughs> you don't know what I have planned for 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, yeah, so Olive's going to sleep so that she's not exhausted and uh, sleep early, wake up early, wake up around 2 a.m., and uh, I should have both my key points then. My character's been meditating. You only need less sleep time than the average, so. Are we going to sit up watches, guys? I'll take the 2 a.m. watch. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll take the, I'll take the 2 a.m. watch. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you take the first watch. I'm sleepy. Oh, okay. I've had a long day. Uh, 2 a.m. is usually when I shine. That's when I do my best surgery. But okay, if you assist. <laughs> I whisper to George. I'm like, hey, George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you want a heart replacement? <laughs> yeah, I would have died otherwise. Okay, just checking. Thanks. <laughs> I'm getting better every day. I'm talking now. Hey, um, can I take a look at that uh, tranquilizer inject injection you got? Oh, you're talking to me, Crud, Doctor Crud? Yeah. Well, okay, you can look at it, but I need it back. Sure, I'll give it back to you. Uh, I'm going to do uh, insight on that because of the way you said it. I'm going to give it back to him. That's the truth. It's true. My character plans to give it back to you. I like to clarify, this is not a tranquilizer. This is a anti-lycanthropy thing. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it does not... You can't knock somebody out with it. It's just that DC-12 con saver, they can't shift. Okay, well... I thought it was just to knock him unconscious. Okay. Uh, do you have anything that could put a person to sleep? Uh, we want to. We might want to knock out one of these individuals. Tornin, Tornin, Tornin. I just, I just take him aside. I'm like, Doctor Crud Junior. Doctor Crud the Third is a pacifist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So let's just let him get his sleep and. Uh, you know, we'll deal with this in a week's time, and I wink at you, and I'd like you to do an insight check. I know, just, I'm asking, no, I'm gonna, which, who, who do you want to do the insight check? I want you to do the insight check, Tornin. <laughs> I say we're going to deal with this in a week's time, and I oh, yeah. wink at you. <laughs> uh, that is a 16. Okay, I wink real big. <laughs> wink. Don't worry, we'll deal with this in a week's time. Okay, I get what you're saying. Hey, Torin, she's winking at you. I'm just, yeah, just, do you have Torin, any... Torin, uh, with your... Do you have any trank, anything that would knock a person out? <laughs> yeah, I can make something. Knocking people out better than hurting them. Okay. I asked Torin, I asked Dr. Crud to make something to knock someone out with. Oh, well, I got my lab right there in the cart. Okay. DM, can I make something? Yes, you can. 
Let's just get a medical check off from you. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a five plus a five, so that's ten. Oof. Okay. So you can make one dose of something that you can pick one way of, like, having it afflict the system. Either injection, injection, topical, gas. Well, I think that since uh, I did roll really, really low, that it is an it has to be administered by enema. <laughs> okay, cool. Really? Yeah. So, uh, you, you torn in. I mean, I rolled a five. Torn in. You're given a uh, Nyquil enema, so you can go ahead and use that how you like. So you had to shove it up. No. Uh, <laughs> You instantly realize what you're given is not combat functional at all, and you should politely hand it back, realizing you did not get what you want. <laughs> all right. It's an enema <laughs> because I rolled low. If I had rolled at least yeah. decent, you know, halfway, it would have been, like, topical. I'm just playing to the dice. Uh, I know, Oof. I know. Uh. All right, well, here is your sedative. It is has to be... Uh, you know, administered rectally, unfortunately, that is the only thing I was able to make in this short amount of time that you wanted it. That's not going to help me in the least bit. Okay, well, so it's like past my bedtime. I'm going to go to sleep. Ah, oh, yawn. So sleepy. Good night, Olive. See you in the morning. Yeah, see you bright and early at like 10 a.m. Bye. I'm not suspicious whatsoever. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I've had a long day. I go to sleep. As far as I know, I wake up at 2 a.m. Cool. Yes. Uh, the. All right. Let's get this. Yeah. The squad uh, that's going to go on the investigatory mission meets up. And uh, yeah. What do you guys plan of action? You want to take out the embers or the mayor? Take out the embers. We can probably find proof for today to take out the mayor with if we deal with the embers. So, all right, you lead the way. I'm gonna follow your tracks one minute behind you. Okay, so it it is a full six seconds per round, ten rounds. Okay, I'll make a survival check to track the. That is a nineteen. On my survival check to follow the tracks of those bumbling idiots. And I'm ten rounds behind, so I'm going to wait for him to stop and me to catch up so I know it's safe to meet up with him. So I'm not going to, like, you know, wake up a whole camp of sleeping embers. (laughs) You guys are led back, like, a good distance away. Probably, like, a solid hour's walk. It's a one-story building, but the dimensions of it are like it's like very wide, very far back, and in the sort of foothills around it, and the craggy rocks that surround the area, you see multiple mines that go under the ground. There is like a low glow of light coming from inside this like main building, but uh, there's not too much like activity or anything really so to speak, from the mines. But this is where the tracks have led you back to. All right. Let's go stealth. That means you lead, I follow. <laughs> like, I'll stay here. Like, let me know when you... Yeah. I don't know. I 
I am not as sneaky as you. <laughs> Let's see if I can manage to sneak. Actually, you're just one point below my stealth check, so... uh Yeah, I have a plus four stealth, but like a plus four doesn't help if you roll a six, so... <laughs> I don't have any, like, Mark of the Wild. Let's see if I can roll a... Let's see if I can roll as well as I've been doing tonight. Ah, yes, I am doing very well on the rolls tonight. That is a 23. Uh, cool. So, Olive, even you lose sight of Tornan for a moment. But following his deftly led markings, uh, you guys can sneak further in. Tornan, where are you investigating? I'm investigating inside this big building. Uh, okay. So you enter in and you're immediately met with the sounds of a great number of people talking and some music being played and general frivolity. Okay. So there's a lot of people in here. Great. I'm going to follow the sound of the noises. Okay. Olive, you being a minute behind are sort of outside, kind of like watching, waiting, biding your time. Would you like to make a perception check? Sure. And look at just sort of the surrounding area? Natural one. Plus four is five. Cool. It's dark mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's real dark. I'm yeah. like picturing that dog with its face peeling back. And I'm like, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. So, uh, Tornan, you are very narrowly dodging people's views as you're moving through this, like, lit, populated building. But you make towards, like, the center of all the noise, which seems to be, like, a large sort of dwarven-style hall, where you can tell just by the general, like, people you've had to dodge around... Um, a bunch of embers are congregating. Okay. Great. How many embers do you th- approximately are there? Probably about a dozen. <sighs> okay. Mm. That's going to make things tricky. They're equipped with guns, which means that they're going to be going to be a lot more dangerous than most would be. All right. I, I sneak back out and show myself to Olive. I scream very quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found the embers. They're here. How many are there? There's about a dozen of them. Oh, that's a lot of people to kill. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about... Yeah. I say we wait for them to go to bed. Yeah, but I don't know how I feel about killing a dozen. Like, that's a lot of people to kill. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why did Clarence have to pick here? Here sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Could I get a perception check from you now that you are outside of the building and not totally focused on sneaking into the building? Uh, that is a tw- uh, ugly 20. Uh, cool. So you see a number of carts that have just sort of been, like, abandoned or beginning to be broken down for firewood. And it sort of sparks your attention because one of them, you recognize the name from that ledger that you saw. From the what I saw? 
that ledger of all the stolen goods. Oh. Yes. And as you begin to look more closely. Okay. All of the stolen carts match up and are located here at this place. Are there goods? I guess the goods have been unloaded from these carts. Uh, yes. They appear to have been long stripped. Uh, I, yep, that's what I thought. Okay. Are you pointing them out to me? Yeah, I point out, these are the carts that were marked as stolen by the mayor. It's too bad we can't take these pieces of evidence to the sheriff. (laughs) Who won't do anything anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he won't do anything anyway. I know that's what Crud the Third would say. (laughs) So, I mean, if... If there's no safety or security here, gosh, I mean, I, I hate being like, I'm going to kill 12 people, but like, we can't run them out of town because we're not going to stay in town to defend it. We straight up got to kill them or make Clarence live in a different place. <laughs> Why don't we, like, we could steal Clarence's gold back and then just tell him to settle somewhere else. It's in the, more than likely the gold is in the, uh, the bank, and I'm not that. I'm not that good. Nah, <laughs> I'm not either. Why don't we just help Clarence find a different part of the world to live in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. We could also kill them, I guess. Um, I don't really feel. Uh, personally, I don't feel good about killing this many people either. Yeah, and it's not like we can kill their leader and take over because obviously it's more money and easier to steal a bunch of carts. Like, there's no business model we're going to be able to replace this with that's going to be as low effort and as high return. So, hmm. We're going to need to bring in other law enforcement outside from outside to deal with this because the lo- local law enforcement isn't going to do the job well enough. Hmm. Could Olive roll an insight check, please? Oh, okay. Thirteen. You remember that when this talk of, like, outside law enforcement, when you were talking to Clarence, and you were like, oh, 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 don't talk about you being a criminal in front of the sheriff, and he was like, oh, no, I was definitely not a criminal. Oh, yeah, we we don't know what he used to do. I'm not talking about with Clarence, we can avoid bringing Clarence into this, but we got enough proof here to implicate the Embers and the mayor. All I gotta do is sneak back into the mayor's office and get that ledger. Honestly, you've seen it, so you can report what you've seen under a truth spell. Absolute truth exists. So we could let them live and simply report them to authorities elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. Let's go back to Clarence and head back to Nikimoy and report to the regional authorities and go under a truth spell and genuinely report everything we've seen here and tell them about the one week deadline for Clarence because we're not going to like we're not going to kill 12 guys like we can, (laughs) but let's not. (laughs) Agreed. I mean, we don't. I don't think we could, between the two of us, kill that many bandits. Anyways, it's not. We're stronger. 
oh, well, let's not question our abilities. Let's question how it's evil and that's not good. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, too. no, there's other reasons. Okay, so let's, I guess, Clarence hired us to do one thing, and that was to get him through town, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we did that. Yeah. You guys are, are done, technically. So, um, yeah, yeah uh, it, within a few days, his housing is done, he gets his plants planted, <laughs> and he happily pays you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, th- thanks, guys. Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't stick around for a few days, because that's wasting the authority's time. Like, I would uh, head back, because Dr. Crud III need his, needs his good night's sleep, and George, you know. And then... <laughs> oh, when you guys get back, you... He, uh... Dr. Crud's got George nestled in his right armpit, and, and Clarence is nestled in his left armpit. They're just all three of them. Aww. You are not keeping watch or safe. <laughs> but so cute. <laughs> no deaths. We didn't kill anybody, so don't worry. No, he's still asleep. You, you told him to go to sleep. He's asleep, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, I returned back to the exact same position that I fell asleep in earlier. I'll live too. All right. And then uh, maybe it's the next morning? Uh, yeah. With the next morning, you can yep. say your goodbyes to Clarence and then simply enough just report this whole situation to the police. Yeah. Because I don't want to kill 12 dudes. And this is like a super corrupt system where even if I did kill 12 dudes, I'd also have to take out the mayor... Or they would just establish a new gang. Like, dang, this is complicated. <laughs> so, Just not the sheriff, because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> There's so many problems. We're going to return to Nicomoy and let the... <laughs> the quote-unquote state police. Before I leave, I'm going to sneak into the mayor's office and just get that, that ledger vanishes overnight. Should I make a stealth check? For that, I don't think you've rolled a stealth below twenty-two, so I'll, I'll let it slide on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the dice are really liking me on my stealth checks tonight. I swear, but they hate you with everything else. <laughs> I don't. I it just I fell over a tumbleweed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, with that, um, I rolled poorly on everything else. Just that stealth check has been yeah. Uh, but you go ahead and grab the ledger, hop onto the train, and uh, is there any specific official you'd like to report this to that maybe somebody knows, or just generally like, hey, yeah. there's a real messed up situation? No, no, I would take it to Nula Sag, who is the leader of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild, and who knows the police real well, because we're often hired by them. Yeah, he's got connections. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he looks it over and is like, oh, yes, this seems like a pretty clear case of corruption. We'll we'll have this sorted out. Cool. And, uh, that dude's going to get murdered on this day. <laughs> and I give him the exact day. <laughs> so there's your deadline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, I will po- post haste then. I say we send some of our best guild members there to... Uh, just in case, back him up. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. The full resources of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild will be put to setting this town right. Yeah, or at least guarding that dude next week at this time on this day. 
<laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yes. All right. He'll pay you in potatoes, good ones. <laughs> or tubas. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, and with that, quest complete. You can take another note down from the quest board and... Um, uh, thanking, thank you for joining us this week. We were joined by Olive. Bye. Oh, how much gold did we get? Oh, um, for uh, appropriate level two gold. What is it like 30 or something? Yeah, 30, 30 gold. Dr. Crud. See, even though I wasn't there, they still did the right thing. They didn't hurt nobody. They didn't kill nobody. <laughs> Everybody loves Dr. Crud. <laughs> and Tornan. Uh, goodbye. Are you interested in a fantasy adventure comedy podcast where four would-be heroes try to save the world while committing some light arson along the way? If so, then this group of misfits is for you. They've got crippling depression, drug dependencies, murder warrants, parental trauma, and much more. Join us every Saturday as they explore the world of Adrian and do their damnedest to avoid all responsibilities on Check, Please, the D&D podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, and Spotify. Hey, all you dungeon masters out there. This is Alex and Jackson from the Imbibe the Vibe podcast. Want a new soundtrack for your next adventure? Want to try some new cocktails? Then check out our podcast where we match a fancy set of cocktails with some cool music. And we even teach you how to make those cocktails so you can enjoy them at home. Become the home bartending paladin you have always dreamed of being. Check us out wherever you get your pod Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and remember, have fun out there. Have fun. Hey, have you heard about the Meet Musings podcast? What is that? It's the show where everyone is talking about the difficult things that need to be addressed and stigmas are being cracked. As a listener, I can relate with the guests talking openly about infertility disabilities, stroke, sickle cell disorder and mental health, nutrition, finances and much more. Did you know that sickle cell affects over 4.5 million people worldwide? That podcast is really informative and empowering. I feel so comfortable I want to be a guest on it. Where can I listen to it? Good question. It is available on Podbean, Google Podcast, Apple, iTunes and Alexa, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Breaker, Tumblr, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Himalaya, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, other social media platforms and podcast apps. Fabulous. I'm on it already. <laughs>